This is what people don't understand. I know that tomorrow this could be gone. Do you think you're a competitive person? Yes. Yeah. 100%. I hate losing. It's just so much work in the trenches, like building it and building it and building it. And there's a reason why you're here today and why you're doing what you're doing today. At different times, they are, oh, what's the answer? Oh, what's this? I'm like, look, honestly, consistency, good practice, and time. Guys, to episode number two of the Network Podcast by Area Academy. It's very exciting to be here doing another episode. Um, I think the first one exceeded expectations for both of us. Yeah. Um, went very smoothly. The response so far has been pretty cool. Response. Yeah. Um, and now it's just about keeping that consistency up, right? Like yeah, that's it. Keeping it going and keeping it moving. Um, so look, today's episode is going to be more about Lee's story <laughs> than mine. We skipped over it last time. We kind of skipped past it last time. I don't know if any of you, uh, anyone listening noticed that. But yeah, Lee was very upset about it. So <laughs> we said, look, we'll give, him a, yeah. we'll give him another one, won't we? We'll give him another crack to get, tell give a story. Go. I think uh, both of our stories are quite interesting in terms of how we got to where we are right now. Yeah. And they probably both need a podcast of themselves. So the next couple of episodes are going to be today's about Lee's story and tomorrow we'll probably record my one yeah or even after this we'll see how we go we'll see how you go it's, it's interesting with the story though isn't it I, I always think we always find that an awkward moment out of class do you think yeah like it's, it's weird talking about yourself but I've been thinking about this a lot and I think I'm, I'm consciously going to try and change my attitude on that mm-hmm. and try and enjoy talking about myself because not from an ego point of view but I think our stories are valuable. Yeah, no, there's definitely value and lessons within the stories. I, I always say at the beginning of our classes, like we introduce ourselves, say thanks to everybody for coming, you know, give the kind of public service announcements and yeah. stuff. And then I'm like, all right, let's get the most awkward part of the day out of the way. <laughs> and it's almost the same now with the podcast. It's like, let's get yeah. the most awkward part of the podcast out of the way, which is us telling our stories, which I guess to me is... is is something that, again like yeah it's very valuable um, in terms of the lessons that we've done in our lives accumulating to this point um, so yeah but speaking about yourself in front of a, a group of people it can be difficult you know yeah. like uh, especially like I've been I've had a bit of a stage experience and stuff and being at Hair Expo and stuff on stage and then you don't want to kind of go on about yourself too much you don't want to sound like you're blowing your own trumpet but at the same time it, it is valuable and it's inspiring for some for some people because I've been to classes before uh, with different people which you know they won't be named um, <laughs> but like they just go on about their story for too long and I'm like I just don't want to do that you know I don't want to be that guy but um, but yeah it is valuable so let's get into it let's get into Lee's story where should we start where should we start <laughs> yeah, where do we start so how did you get into hair in the first place hair oh, no before hair let's go back to that alright 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 let's, let, let's go a bit further let's go a little bit further back alright alright so before hair um, yeah what was going on in the life of Lee Windsor well growing up um, I, I was quite lucky I did a lot of stuff um, I'm, I'm one of four boys so we were always doing sport mm-hmm. um you know, my dad always encouraged us to do sports, which was great. And it's interesting, you know, as I'm getting older, I, I always look back on the dynamic of 
four siblings close in age and that I think then adds a little bit of diversity to everybody so I chose music like my other thing was music mm -hmm. so I play a lot of sport and I play a lot of music that yeah. was just that was me they were your outlets yeah those were my outlets um, I love playing in bands you know I played guitar since I was tiny I played drums first actually mm -hmm. I was a drummer from the age of nine wow yeah can you Look still out. play I can still play yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's like riding a bike you, you never yeah. you never forget that skill them hands are worth a lot of money yeah <laughs> <laughs> them hands are worth yeah, a lot get, of money get a bit insured um, yeah so so that and, and then you know looking at the dynamic of that then one of my younger brothers Adam we're only a year apart again you know we, we were all encouraged to play sport but he wasn't so sporty he played a bit of sport but then he was into gaming more than me yeah you know and then he found music as well I think when I was doing it um, but yeah and then one of my other brothers you know he was really into sports like me so it's really interesting to see the dynamic and sort of how that shapes you. But that was what happened earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and then what happened next? I think I got to about 15, 14, 15. Um, yeah, playing lots of sport and playing lots of music. And I think that really helped to shape me Yeah. in the early days. We've spoken about this before, but like the mental build that you can get from that yeah. and the attitude building you can get from that. Mm. Um, it's like the mindset you develop around yeah. it at, a, at that age um, I listened to something yesterday maybe it was in the Seth Gordon thing that you sent me but yeah. it was about yeah it was actually it was in that video and it was about how like you know we can remember stuff vividly from our teenage years but we can't really remember before that yeah like you can't remember what you did when you were seven years old because your conscious yeah. mind hasn't well, developed it, yeah he was talking about the conscious um the conscious voice in your mind it yeah. starts to develop loudly i loved yeah. how he put that he said when when you're young it's quiet and yeah. then as you get to like 14 15 16 you know when you're coming of age if you will um mm -hmm. it starts to become louder yeah and that that is a sort of that encourages where your mind goes and you're actions go next yeah for sure I love that um, but that that explains a lot doesn't it I mean yeah. I can't really remember how I was before the age of yeah, like yeah. 13 or 14 <laughs> no for sure I remember what I did but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it's like um, that's where it's so deep in the subconscious but I think it's just a conditioning thing so when you were like 15 16 you were kind of going into sport and yeah. taking your music a bit more seriously yeah so I played hockey that was my main sport roller hockey so on skates roller skates um, okay. not rollerblades either yeah, actual, actual like quads are the ones with four wheels wow. in, like yeah in a square yeah. Um, and no, yeah there's no ice rinks in, in no there was, there was so, so I'll tell you the story on that so originally um, I used to play I used to watch the Mighty Ducks movies loved them yeah. and uh, I had a mate <laughs> in my street who um, he, he would he would play hockey and I loved hockey and I think he might have introduced me to the movies actually told me to watch them and I watched them and then we'd just play hockey in the street we just got rollerblades on just you know, hit yeah. it against uh, wheelie bins and stuff mm -hmm. like that and then my parents were like oh do you want to get into that like play play for a team play play as a sport and uh initially it was like let's go play ice hockey because i didn't know roller hockey existed as, as like a club sport yeah um because it's a bit of quite a minority sport in the uk uh and then i was i remember we went to the ice rink one day i was actually ice skating and the the ice hockey players were on they were either on before or after us, so I can't remember. I was like eight or nine years old or something. And then it just scared the living daylights out of me. 
Like, I just got so scared. Yeah, I mean, I was a little kid, and yeah. there's all these guys like just fanging it around, just yeah, smashing yeah, each other yeah. around, and I, I just got really scared. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's a full contact sport, so yeah. I got so scared. And then uh, I was like, all right, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then, so I just went back to playing in the street, watching the movies, playing in the street, pretending I was like the superhero. <laughs> <laughs> and then my mum, she went to like an exercise class one time at one of the local gyms near us, like this big like complex thing, like YMCA yeah. sort of complex. Yeah. And she brought home this leaflet and it had this little like roller skate boot on the front of it. And it was like my hometown Plymouth, Plymouth Roller Hockey Club. Um, it was uh, their training. And yeah, she was nice. like, how do you feel about going? And I was like, all right, let's, let's give it a try. Went the first day and that was it. I was yeah. addicted. The rest is history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, with the the hockey then, you got to quite a high level within the um, Yeah, I, I, I started training like national level. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was hard to go to, you know, you got a couple of people got selected to go and train at like the national trainings. Yeah. Not everybody could go. Yeah. Because if, if you weren't at a certain level, not good enough, you couldn't go. Um, so I was really lucky I got I was fortunate to get to go to those things other teams used to call me from because I, I, I live nowhere near London yeah, or any of like the big cities in the UK I live like right down the southwest point so you know we were like again the minority of the country but yeah I remember um, I would get calls from other teams mm-hmm. for me to go and join their team for like a national final or something yeah. I remember one year my dad drove me like five hours to go and play in two separate age groups for a team in the, in the grand final. That's mad, isn't They it? were like, yeah, and I got the trophies and everything. And they were like, we just want, want you to come play. Because our team had got knocked out, like we were we were long gone. Yeah, well, but they, I was the captain of my team and they, they called me up and they were like, do you want to come play for our team in the final? Like, we'd love to have you. And so I would, I would do that and then just go and play like national finals and stuff. Um, yeah, sick. Which was cool. Yeah, really cool. But then, you know, there's so much in the, the mental fortitude of all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. That's where the mindset starts to develop. I guess that's yeah. why yep. you are the way you are today. Yeah. Um. Same thing with music, right? There's a lot of work goes into it behind the scenes that isn't really necessarily seen. Like people only see the fruits, you know. Like yeah. they see the result. At yeah, the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they don't necessarily see the process it took to get to that point. And that's where we kind of can relate our stories. Um. So yeah, from there, how did you get into hair then? What What was the hair? So journey? from there, yeah. Um. Again, 15, I think I was 15, 16, I had my very first girlfriend, you know, and and then my mum and dad were like, I remember I, I was I was very independent at a young age, I always wanted to do everything, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted the good clothes, I wanted the cool shoes, I wanted to go to the movies, I wanted to do this, I wanted to do that, yeah. you know, I was just, it was growing up as a kid, you know, but you're one of four boys in like working class England, there's not endless amounts of money, you know, mm-hmm. and then it was basically the conversation of like, okay, Lee, you know, we can't afford to pay for you to do everything, you're either going to have to go out and earn your own money or you're just going to have to reel it in. Like, mm-hmm. what do you want to do? And I was like, all right, well, I guess I've got to go and get a job then, you know? And yeah. then a shitty little 15-year-old being like, oh, what am I going to do? You know, like, I was I was like that. And then, so I, I think over like a period of maybe a fortnight, mm-hmm. every, every like second or third night, I'd sit down with my parents at dinner and they'd be like, oh, have you thought about more about what you want to do? You know, and I'd be like, no, no. At that time, I even just wanted to play sport to a really high level, just be a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> course, those, those are my options and well, both it. not overly viable um, to everybody. And then one night, 
I think they were getting a little bit frustrated with me. I, I just couldn't decide what I wanted to do. You know, all my mates were starting to work at supermarkets and stuff like that. I just, I just didn't want to do it. I was like, nah, I don't want to work at a supermarket. It's a dead end job, you know. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. What, what's going to come from that, you know? Yeah. And everybody was doing it. And I think I've always gone against the grain a little bit in my life. I just didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad, it was like, it's funny coming from my dad. Um, but he was like, oh, you care about your hair so much. What do you be a hairdresser? And I don't know why, but it just struck a chord. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. Like, that was probably the most sensical thing that we've said over the last fortnight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, then, and then the reasons started trickling in. You know, my dad's a builder, and he didn't really want... He wanted us boys to try something else before we sort of ended just up doing that, you know, yeah. just be like... Because that was a safe bet. I could have done that. I could just be like, all right, well, I'll just go work with my dad and, mm. you know, have a life in that, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he brought that up and then the reasons started trickling in, you know, he'd be like, oh, well, look at me, I'll come home from work and I'm dirty and filthy every day, so you'd be nice and clean, you'd be smelling nice, you'd be working with nice looking girls all day, all this stuff, and I was like, yeah, that sounds great, yeah, yeah, yeah I want to do that. And then doubling up on that, the salon that I used to go to was one of the better salons in the city, if mm. not the best salon in the city, and uh, there was three guys working in there. Yeah. they would cut my hair all straight guys yeah. and I got along really well with them yeah so it, I was not? like you were exposed to it I was exposed to it and you I was saw like, what, it, what it could be you could see okay yeah, yeah this seems like it could be enjoyable yeah um, exactly I was, it was that exposure um, it's better than getting covered in shit all day exactly, exactly. <laughs> so then the, the dots just started joining up I was like alright well that makes sense I'll be clean all day I'll smell nice I could have my hair done and you get exposure to meeting some some girls as well exactly exactly at the time it was just yeah, like all right you well, know. <laughs> yeah your yeah, options yeah. open right like, 100% when you're, what age were you at that stage 16 yeah 15 16 yeah, yeah. Exactly. i was just a youngster you know i was still yeah, at school yeah. i was st- this is the thing i was still at school as well mm. and we were having like um career meetings at school the teacher would be like all right lee what do you want to do you know the conversation was like a two-minute conversation yeah because he would be like what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm already working in a salon. Think about doing an apprenticeship when I finish. Yeah. Um, and he was like, all right. Yeah, cool. cool. I can see you doing that. And, yeah. You know. Why not? Uh, <laughs> Why yeah, not? Simple, you know? simple. So 16, um, 16 years in now, just to put it into perspective yeah, and, con- so and context. In September, I'll, I'll tick into my 16th year. Yeah. yeah next month. Yeah. That's wild, isn't it? That's, that's a long time. It's about September time for me too when I started. September is like a, a good month for us, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think in the UK as well, it's when the school year starts. Yeah. Does, isn't it and yeah. I think we finish up our summers and then we start a new thing in yeah, September yeah. So yeah. When, uh, we always start new things in September <laughs> we, started, we started our lives in, yeah, the, we in did, September we, we can start we grace this planet we in grace September it. hopefully um, yeah. if, if COVID allows it but yeah okay so from there um, started working in the salon in England like how did how long were you there before you decided that you wanted to come to Australia um, or what was the kind of yeah, I'll, I'll reverse a little on that because the I guess the story in those sort of four or five years that I, was in, I started was, I think, was paramount in my journey. Yeah. Like the whole journey that I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, we get back to working with other straight guys. That was great. As a young, you know, I'm not saying now it wouldn't even matter to me, but as a youngster at that age in the UK at that time when the mentality was not great around guys cutting hair yeah. and there was a lot of noise there was noise around me you know people were like oh you know why are you doing that this that the other yeah. um, that really sort of solidified it the other great thing was they were a very competitive salon okay. and that's where the link comes in between the sport and my early mindset 
yeah. and then into my competitive career as a hairdresser. Um, the guys that I worked with in the UK, shout out to Matt and Rob and their dad Pete, they were at a salon called uh, Bowler's Hair and Beauty in Plymouth in the UK. Uh, they were both British hairdressing champions in the same year, wow. senior and junior. Yeah, so Matt was the older brother. He won the British Championships as a senior. Rob, his younger brother, won the British Championships as a junior. Two brothers took it out in the same year. They That's were training funny. with the British hairdressing team. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy. Yeah, so yeah. like to see the, tro- the it's kind of like our shop now, you know, yeah, to see yeah. the, the certificates on the walls and the trophies, you know, mm. I'd be the kid shining the trophies, you know, yeah, yeah. and just nice looking at them see and that. reading them and being like, whoa, you know, because I, I had that similar thing at home. I had all my hockey trophies and my certificates. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, well, you know, yeah. this could just convert over this is where I need to be you know but you kind of like when you see that too you kind of from your past up to that point like doing sport you can kind of see how to reverse engineer that then oh you know like you you know know the process you know you're going to have to work hard to get there but you can see the results and to be around that is 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 great you know like I think it's very valuable to have seen that from early in your career because then that's what you kind of yeah. aspire towards and that's the level of work that you put in and you probably saw within them guys mm. the level of effort and work that they Crazy. put in um, it was ridiculous you know they tell me to, to, to get to a comp like that you, you'd need to start training three months out yeah you know three months out from a freaking hairdressing competition like yeah. what are you training for how, you know? it's like, yeah but then like when you say training like how do you even do that exactly exactly. You know? exactly because there's probably a lot of people listening to this that would think oh I'd love to get into competition work and that's something we can definitely touch on uh, within the podcast in yeah, general yeah. but like how do you even train for a competition then exactly you know? and then so I, I had the mentality from sport you know years and years and years of training in sport um, you know I was, I was so I was crazy on it you know our, our training so at the club that I trained at it would start at 7pm and end at 10pm mm. right 7pm till 8.30pm or seven to eight or whatever it was, was for the young guys. Mm. I'd be there at 7 p.m. Yeah. Helping to train, training them. You know, I'd be doing the drills myself just as I just couldn't get enough of the training. Yeah. You know, I, I saw how valuable it was. And I think the people around me, you know, I always used to train, uh, like play in older teams as well because yeah. I was quite good at my age group. I'd always play with the older guys. And they would always tell me how important it is just to keep practicing, keep practicing. My dad mm-hmm. would always tell me the same thing, practice, practice, practice. So I turn up at seven, I'd leave at 10 p.m., do both training sessions, then go home. This is like 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night by the time you get home and I'd be in my living room with the stick and the ball just doing drills. Like yeah. my dad would be like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. When are you gonna go to bed? And I'd just, I'd just light up. The moment yeah. there was a time to get better, I'd just light up and yeah, just, yeah. you know, the energy was just endless because it would just feed me so mm. much. Mm. It's like a conditioning thing, isn't it? It's like yeah. a trend that continues in your life. Yeah. Um, I'm very much the same, very, very much the same. I, I think I was so lucky as well, um, developing the ability to learn and to, to succeed at the particular skill you're trying to learn. Mm. I was relentless at it and I've been like that since a kid and that went into, that carried in with me to hair. Yeah. I knew and probably that, the humility in the learning process too, right? Like, so being able to be there from 7pm with the juniors or yeah. with the younger guys, even if you're one of the best on the senior yep. team or whatever, yep. to be there and still to be able to have that mentality yep. to want to learn something new. Because there's lots that goes into that. You, I wanted to keep an eye on the younger guys as well because like, oh, what if one of those again as good as me, you know? Like, and mm. then, but there's also so much they can see off of you. Because I, I was, you know, I was a young guy. I was like 15. 
mm. playing in the men's team. Yeah. Like they were big guys, you know, and I was good enough and could hold my own enough to play in their team. I was a beacon for the young guys too. They'd be like, oh, yeah. I want to be like that. Like you an know? example. Like an example. example. And, yeah, yeah. you know, they'd be like, oh, and he's training with us, you know? It just, everything levels up and you can mm. see how that mentality relates into everything that we do today. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, there's like so much humility there. This, this is going to sound like you're blowing smoke up your own ass here, but it's like, you need an element of humility, mm. you know? What, what is all this without it? No, exactly. And we yeah. always say it, like, to come back to like today with Area Academy, it's like when we're in an academy session or we're doing a session for somebody, it's coming down to, not even coming down to, but just making yourself relatable enough to to be able to understand where somebody's at with their journey. So if somebody starts, you know, you can bring your experience back to the beginning, you know, and be like, okay, well, how can I help this person get to where I'm at? And then you learn something in the process of that too, right? Like, yeah, it's mad. Yeah, like even talking about it now, there's so many other little things that I keep thinking about that it's it's almost impossible to explain all of the intricacies of why I am the way I am. Mm. You know, there's like probably certain moments, there's certain things for me oh, with my life up to this point that really stand out. You know, like those, think, those pivotal, like when you think of hockey, right? You think of music. You think of a few things, probably a few key moments pop up in your mind. Hundred percent, and they're like the key learnings yep. that you take. Yep. And you move forward. I'll, I'll tell you two things that I lived by. I hated them when I first heard them. My dad was great at this. My dad was really good at giving like these little like nuggets of like advice. Yeah. On, I guess kind of how to live your life, but how to just like decision making. Mm-hmm. He would he would say, Lee, you don't ever want to be the guy that just does enough. Yeah. And and any time I would do that because look, I was I, I'm going to admit I was good at school. You know, I. I I didn't really find it that hard, you know. Mm. Probably could have been a really good scholar at it. <laughs> We've gone to uni and done all that stuff. But at school, I would do just enough just to get the homework done. Because I knew I could. I'd just be like, all right, well, that's the answer, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then my dad would be like, oh, I think he would just, I don't know, whether it was a bit of frustration, he'd be like, you, you're just doing enough. Why are you just doing enough? You, know, you don't want to be that guy. Mm. And then one night, I, I was like, I, I kicked back one night and I was like, all right, well, what do you mean? How can I do any more? And he was like, well, let's have a look at your maths homework. Looked at my maths homework. You know, you had that squared paper. That, yeah. a, that It was an A4 paper with like all the squares on it. He was like, right, every equation, use a ruler. Write every number perfectly in the middle of the box. Perfect lines. This, 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 this. I did my whole thing. I got him to check it. Every equation was correct, right? Mm. Handed it in. The teacher come back to me. She gave me four house points and wrote this huge note on the bottom and said, that's the best piece of homework I've ever seen. And that, 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 that's just like a pivotal moment when you're like, yeah, yeah. oh, you need those moments as a kid to be like, yeah. oh, okay, that, that's the, the best you've ever seen. And like, I held this teacher in high regard, you know, I was yeah, like, yeah. whoa, that's what that did. So that was one of them. That was that one piece of advice. Don't be the person that does just enough. I think that's a roundabout way of saying, don't be average. Yeah. Isn't it? Don't yeah. just be the average because everybody can be average. Everyone's doing that already. Yep. You know, that's not, that's not your point of difference. You know, it's funny enough, before you get to the second point, when I was in school, it was very much similar. I wasn't necessarily seen as great in school with my results, but I know well that I didn't put any effort into it because yeah. I just wasn't interested. Yeah. If I'm not interested in something, I just simply can't do it. Like, yeah. I just can't bring my mind 
to do it. Yeah. My mind can be used elsewhere. Do you think? Do you think you can't do it? You're not capable, or you just I can't want to put the. No, yeah, no, I can't be arsed doing it. That's me. It's not that I can't do it because, like, there's been times where, like, tech graph is an example, right? Technical graphics. Yep. Um, I remember my teacher in school. Uh, I I was alright at it, you know. I was good at it, but I just couldn't be arsed because I knew that I didn't. It wasn't <laughs> what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I was like, I just couldn't see the point in in doing it. And I, I have done a few great pieces of homework and got great results in exams, but then when I do it, like English, I was good in English, right? So I'd write a good English essay. I remember one time in my junior cert, which is like the one before leaving cert, I got like one of the highest marks in the class. I think maybe the highest mark in the class yeah. for English. And my teacher was shocked at the time because I really just put an effort in, almost like to prove him wrong in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then once I'd done it once, I was kind of like, ah, this isn't really what I want to do, so I don't care, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I just didn't bother doing it again. I just got average results from there because school just wasn't something that interested me. But it's interesting, like, the lessons that you learn within that about yourself. When I look back on it now, just such a pivotal time, you know? Yeah. I, I look back on school, I loved it. Yeah. There were probably times, you know, because, again, I wanted to be a rock star. Yeah. Rebel against the system, you know. Yeah, yeah, probably that was, that I'd probably walk around and say that, telling everybody, "Oh, this is shit." Can't was, I can't wait to leave. That was but part like, of the persona, wasn't it? But then, like, of being a rock I look star. back, man. I loved it. I don't know what you were like at school, but I, I just got along with most people. Mm. I yeah, got yeah, along I with most. Like, I, I could fit into most social circles. Do you reckon that's how we found hair too? Like, and how we've maintained a, a career in the hair? Probably. Like, yeah, because you need a bit of that. You need, yeah, you need that relatability. Yeah personal interpersonal skills yeah that are very hard to teach yep um but yeah let, let's just get back to the, the second point yeah so the second point um another one it, this is very basic stuff but there's a lot of interpretation to be had on these points the second point was my dad would always say sometimes in life you have to do things that you don't want to do yeah and like that then you know you could take that the wrong way because you could be like well why would i spend a life of doing things that don't serve me mm. but it's it's not about that. So if you think about back to school, this is why I was like asking you, do you think you couldn't do the work or you just didn't want to do the work? It's like, what would have happened if we just did it? You know, like sometimes if you take that in mind, you just, all right, I don't want to do this, but I'm just going to do it. I wonder what would have happened. But the other thing that relates into training as well, or like you were saying, something that you put up the other day about the compounding effect. Mm. You know, there's, look, there's so many little things that give us a headache when we do them. But later on, there's a payoff or you become good at it and you end up enjoying it or, you know, mm, you're not yeah. going to enjoy everything that you do. You can't. Yeah. There's parts of the process that you're just not going to enjoy. Yeah. And and I think my dad would probably say that to me as a kid. I was quite independent and I wanted to be independent. You give a young kid independence, they just take everything they can get. You know, they're mm. like, yeah, especially when you're like 15, 16, you, you're changing anyway. You, you're trying to establish yourself against how your parents brought you up. And, and so he would say that to me, he'd be like, look, sometimes in life you just got to do things that you don't want to do. So those two things paired together, they help each other really well. Mm. Don't just do, don't be the guy that just does enough. And sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do. Yeah, 100%. And like that, that to me got me through most stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah for like, sure. I don't know what else. Yeah. 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 Like I think when I was in school in terms of not being asked, not wanting to do it, I think it just didn't stimulate me. And I knew that from a pretty early age, I was like, I'm not taking the college route. I just don't want to go the same way everyone else is going. Yeah. Like, I just yeah. knew. I just knew straight. I don't yeah. know why. I just did. 
um because i had a different focus you know yep. i had my cycling career and yep. that i wanted to work on um but yeah there's definitely lessons to be learned within it and i think you know even going to school that that is the thing that i didn't want to do and i had to do it up to a certain point that was the rule i made with my mom i was like we have to get to this point before i can do what i want to do so like I wasn't doing my homework in that. I was, <laughs> and that's I fair though, because it, it is a privilege. Be, you know, if you yeah, think about it, privilege to have that. And yeah, look, I yeah. wasn't, I wasn't the, like the scholar. Or I wasn't good in school. Yeah. yeah, in that regard, but I could have been if I applied myself. And that's what all my teachers always said, anyway. So, anyway, <laughs> I'll take you take that. Let's, let's <laughs> take that. Anyway, let, let's let's keep it moving. Let's yeah. keep it moving. So, from so, there, so, so that takes me up to you know where I joined join the salon. Like yeah. the guys were competitive, saw the trophies. They were doing fan at the time. This this is before what we know that men's hair, how we know it now. They were like men's hair specialists at the time. They were hairdressers in their own right. They did women's hair as well. Yeah, trained and did all that, but primarily men's hair specialists and very very good for their time. Mm-hmm. Like still to this day, this is going to sound egotistical, but apart from us, like in in our environment. I still haven't seen people put in that much effort and amount of like attention to detail ever. Mm-hmm. All the salons that I've been to, all the people I've seen work, those guys, there was something about they were meticulous in the details, and that I think again relates back to early days yeah. training in sport. This, this playing guitar, playing drums. If you're meticulous in the details, man, it, it those little details count, don't they? Yeah. They add up. They compound. Like they, again, it's those little things that compound. Mm. So I, I would see that. And I, I started from there and I was really, really lucky because I started before I actually was eligible to start an apprenticeship. Yeah. Remember at this time I was still at school. So I was just sweeping hair, making cups of tea, you know, washing towels, you know, shining the trophies, you know, that stuff, taking payments, whatever. Yeah, you were in the trenches, you were doing you're your in time. In the trenches, exactly. You were doing your time, you were, you were observing. That's this what, is the other thing. one thing Hannah always says to me, like she says, you're really good at observing. You're a very observant person. Like, you reckon like you won't believe it Steph says the same thing to me you're right? Very, so, you're very observant like you see every, I don't miss anything bro nope <laughs> I miss nothing don't worry and Steph says the same thing to me so we were we had this little social, social, uh, social gathering and we had a few drinks and whatever and I, I was sat we were sat outside mm. I think someone might have been smoking or something and we were sat outside and I was just stood sat quietly in the corner just observing the conversation yeah and she said what, what, why do you always do that? Why do you, it, it's like you're judging everybody. I, and, and it was, I, I knew I was like it, but I really thought, yeah, why am I like it? But I just observe. Yeah. No, I no. love all the details. I love the intricacies of the conversation. Yeah. You know, and, and there's been other experiences that I've had since that different journeys and things that I've, you know, deeper self journeys that I've worked mm. out why I am like that. Yeah. We can maybe save that for another conversation, mm. but I now back know to learning being a good learner as well like you know I always say it, it's something I say to other people but not necessarily about myself but you do have two ears and one mouth for a reason you know you yep. should listen twice as much as you speak like, it. is it like yeah because yeah. you're going to learn more exactly and then so there's that, that part of it for me that I learn a lot about the people and again that we, we can take that into our concepts into the into the barbershop but then there was another thing that different journeys that I've been on since then digging into the like the deeper things of my personality I worked out that that is my moment to absorb all the information and I'm just waiting to help mm. so 
there's a part of my personality that just wants to help and I'm still trying to work out if that's for my ego or not yeah but it makes so much sense I love the intricacies I love the details I love the information I could get so into it and the other part of this journey that what I learned about myself then I questioned and said okay why so why do I need to know everything okay all right I want to help but why do I need to know everything and the answer was well if you don't know everything how do you expect to help people yeah and that is you have to take in all the information first and and that is if if I'm I'm quite quiet in social situations it's not because I'm antisocial it's not because I don't want to be there I'm just observing I'm waiting I'm waiting and and look maybe I need to do deeper work to work out if that's egotistical or not but I don't know I I don't mind it it, I actually don't mind it I I feel like like a lot of it comes down to like EQ too you know like your emotional intelligence like sometimes I, I notice about my personality that I'm very quick to pick up on what's right and what's wrong in situations like I can very easily fit myself into a room like and be comfortable and I know what to say and when to say it Steph says that to me all the time um, I, I've we've met people before first time ever and I would say be careful of that person yeah and she'll be like nah because everyone's her friend to start yeah. with she'll be oh they're great you know we're friends now and I'm like okay yeah. I, don't, I don't feel the same I'm just getting something from the energy yeah. be careful yeah, yeah. six weeks down the line Lee, how did you know that? You were right. This, yeah. this, this happened. I'm like, well, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's yeah. just like a sense, you know. 100%, but maybe 100%. that's the our ability. We're same, same birth sign, right? We're, we're Virgos. There's an ability, I think, to just assess energy and just go full circle around it. You know, yeah. Some people just get like a very two D vision of it. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's just taking in everything, and I, I, Hannah's actually really good at, at doing that as well. She can. She said it to me about people, you know? Yeah. And I haven't fully seen everything. Yeah. Or I give people benefit of the doubt or yeah. whatever it may be. But I think, yeah, just in terms of observing and taking everything on board, emotional intelligence, knowing when to say something, when not to say something, um, it kind of accumulates to a good career as a, as a hairdresser or a barber and it accumulates to being a good educator. Yeah. And a good person to... to learning learning yeah. how to have good interactions. Mm. So paramount. You yeah. know, if you met me... That and again, being thrown in at a 15, 16 year old in a salon was amazing for me. Mm. It like hairdressing has changed me massively. Like yeah. in, in those interaction skills, I realized I couldn't be the rock star that I wanted to be and yeah. only care about that. You know, I was just if, if an older, you know, client was sat in the salon, I wouldn't even know why I wanted to talk to him. Why would I want to talk to that yeah. guy? You know, yeah. but this, you know what? I think looking at the way the world has evolved now, right, since that time. And the way that the salon and the, the barbershop has evolved since then, being an observer is no longer cool. You know what I mean? Elaborate on that. So like, at that time, right, you were being observant, you were cleaning the trophies, you were learning, you were watching, you were shadowing essentially throughout those years. But now, nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do it. It's not, it's not sexy to do that. Like, nope. you know, nobody really wants to be the observer or the observe, like... And that, that I they think nobody wants to be the apprentice, you know. No, and that was skin that was gold. Yeah, that was gold for me. You know, yeah. I, like I said, so getting back to the little story timeline that I was on, I'd be in the salon sweeping the hair, making cups of tea, washing the towels, taking the payments, shining the trophies, and they said once all that's done, they said <laughs> shining the trophies, shining the trophies, and they said once that's done, come and watch, and that was I had full right and full ability to watch, and that was 
gold for me. You know what? You develop respect too. Like oh, respect for them guys. I, like, I, learned, I, I watched the interactions. I watched the haircuts. I watched the workflow. Everything. How they dealt with their tools. How they clean their tools. How they hold their tools. How they greet the person. Put you know that whole good again. But look at the. It was. It. I very. I was very lucky. A very good mentors. Yeah, good mentors. Good. Very mentors. good mentors. Being um, around. Being around that ten percent too. You know, like the the ten percent at the top of every. I guess. Um, every industry like in cycling I was there I was around that top 10% yeah you know yeah. and you develop a different mentality different and you mentality see, you see how people work it's not all that it's put out to be like what you see online I know it sounds so cliche saying this because you'll hear it in fucking nearly every podcast in the world but what you'd see at the tip of the mountain is literally the fucking tip of the iceberg like yep. there's so much that goes into it to get you yep. to that point even what yep. you see on our Instagrams it's not even like Oh, it's not even close. Nah, not even it's close. Just a tiny like, bit of what you. What I mean, I'm on a bit of a rampage at the minute, just content galore. But it's. Oh, yeah. But if you don't put it out, it's just going to continue. It will get lost. It will get lost. But the other thing is, that's just a small slice of the cake. Yeah, it's tiny. You know, <laughs> it's a really small slice. It's tiny. We're, um, so, we're so like far down the line from what we're actually sharing today. Yeah, it's nuts. But um, yeah. So from there, so that that's where it starts. So. <laughs> This is, this is why I love this man yeah. people are going to get the insights <laughs> yeah, that's it that's it um, I think there's yeah there's so much value in it though there's a lesson from every each time it's like chapters of a book yeah, yeah. Like your life yeah. is like a chapter of a book and I'm sure um, this will keep coming up in other podcasts we'll keep digging into different chapters of these because mm. each avenue each chapter we talk about here you could, this, that could open up as well yeah and like that's why I'm excited to have our own podcast because Usually, if we are a guest in people's podcast, you can you only have an hour. Yeah. And how can you fit everything into that hour? Like, we might not even... Today's your story. You know, the next podcast is my story. But what's to say that we're not going to cover everything? Exactly. Which we probably won't. No. And we'll bring up different experiences that we've had in in the next episodes. Um, and then you start introducing guests and you can get into it with them. And it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so from there, Lee, you were in the salon, you yeah. started cutting. Start cutting, so I was lucky they, they got me doing odd jobs, you know, they'd, they'd get me to like shave someone's head or clean up someone's neck hair. This is when square necklines were still a thing, by the way, mm. so <laughs> if you like Lee, you to just line up the neckline or whatever, you know, yeah. and I would just be doing that, trimming eyebrows, cleaning up neck, you know, all that stuff, so I had a good feel for the tools before I even started my apprenticeship. Yeah. But again, that's, it's being proactive, forward thinking, nobody wants to be doing that, you know, they want to be mm. doing skin fade in two weeks you know yeah, nobody yeah. wants to be trimming neck hairs for for months on end mm. you know mm-hmm. um so i would do that and then finish school all those things happen finish school then i just i said to my boss i was like look can we have a chat one day i think she thought i was going to quit but i actually said the opposite i said look i'd love to start an apprenticeship if if the opportunity's there and she just this was the boss's wife she would do all the interviewing she said we we were waiting for you to ask, so that was it. I just stayed, yeah, and so I think I took a week off because you know how everybody finishes up school and then they have the summer holidays, don't they? Mm-hmm. And that was like end of school. Everybody had the summer holidays. I had a week. I think I had about five days. I had five days off, straight to work. Work all summer holidays. I was like sixteen. Yeah, you know. And then so worked all the way through. Start my apprenticeship in the September, and then from then it was like it was on. Mm. it was on uh, I was in competition mode like they would they were like right well it was almost like first day so when, when are we going to do the first competition I'm like what mm. they were like well there's apprenticeship competitions there's this 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 
it's nice to have deadlines so it's nice to work towards something you know oh, like man. and have that I think if you get you've always had that from your sporting yep. career so you never really develop a tendency to chill nope like I can't chill either man I'm, I've got no chill no um, but you develop that from an, from an early age and an early yeah. time in your, in your life yep um so yeah, getting straight into the competition work is crazy. Oh man, crazy. first year I was doing apprenticeship, apprenticeship competitions. I think I got yeah my first ever one. I got like a third place, got a bronze medal in the blow dry category because I, I couldn't even cut. I was just blow drying people's hair. This is another great point. We would learn to blow dry before we even cut hair. Mm-hmm. So I was a hairdresser originally because you, you you're learning to look at what it should and the look finish like. and the shape. So yeah. someone else would cut the haircut for me. This is what it should look like. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So yeah, yeah. someone else would cut it colour it, all that stuff, I would come and blow dry it and they would just judge on the styling. Mm. And then you would learn, you know, you'd see the shapes in the haircut as you blow See how they it. fall, where the weight falls, yeah. what length you should take certain This hair. is one of the, one of the difficult things for me to get my head around with, you know, the men's hair industry now, there's, I just think there's not enough focus on the finishing. Mm. Blow drying, styling, finishing, there's just not enough focus on it. Yeah, it's It's usually an afterthought. Yeah, and you know? I, I had this conversation not so long ago, I was in a call, um, it's probably some undisclosed information, but who cares? Um, <laughs> I was on a call. So our podcast now. Not a call, <laughs> but it was more like a, a meeting or an industry type event. And the discussion was there about should styling and finishing be a module in the course yeah. for, for barbering? And I was like, of course. Because what we're doing is selling a product, right? Yeah. Like a haircut essentially is a product. You come in, you get your service you leave with something it's a product yep. it's it's a haircut it's a style it's whatever it is yep. and it's totally relevant yep. you know absolutely oh, 100% and I, I think we just I mean we're lucky at our academy we, we put a lot of focus on styling mm. so mm-hmm. you know we'll slowly push that a bit more in the, in the industry I think so I started there competing yeah. so early straight days. into straight, straight into, into it and then um, do you think you're a competitive person yes yeah 100% I hate losing I hate it I can't and I don't know what it is I don't know why I don't know if it's more I hate someone being better than me or I hate that I just didn't do it good enough I don't really know which one it is yeah I haven't really worked it out because now I mean if, if someone beats me in a competition I'll just walk up to them and hands- give them a handshake I'm like yeah, well cool. done like yeah. great work Yeah. there's still that if rage is, inside if me I'm like work. ah if it is great work though yeah if, yeah, if it is if it is great work but I, I don't I, know what I, I, I like just it's, can't it's work tough. it out it's tough it's, the metrics of it in hair are so tough because it's like it's such an opinion you know, so it's subjective not, it's so subjective so like subjective. how can you say that one haircut is better than another haircut there's no real yeah. measurement to judge it off of no and it's such an, an opinion based thing it's like that's what kind of what I struggle with with the hair stuff like in a bike race you either win the bike race or you don't win the bike race. You're first across the line or you're fucking, you're not. Like, it's very simple to kind of judge it, but. That's interesting. So when I came to Australia, competitions were so weird for me because in the UK, the competitions that, especially that the boys that I worked for, everybody did the same hairstyle. Mm-hmm. It was who could do the best hairstyle. And, I, and it was all like, when you're in the British hairdressing team, you would do like those hair sculptures. Mm. I've shown you them before, you yeah, know, with yeah. the interesting details yeah. and the weird colors. It was all in the blow dry and the cut. And so, and one time I asked them, I was like, why is it like this? Why isn't anyone doing different thing? And they were like, well, it's really a showcase of skill with the tools, the craftsmanship, mm. the artistry, how good are you at using your tools? 
yeah. as a craftsman. That changes everything because that's not so subjective. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between yeah, the complexity, someone... The complexity of Yeah, it, like yeah. you can do a perfect blow-dry and the next person has done a 95% perfect blow-dry, the perfect one wins. And there is there is a cut when you go to those competitions called the perfect hair... It's called the perfect cut because if it's not perfect, it's no good. That's what, that's the, that's what they used to say to me. Um, and it's, it's called a sculpture cut and, and you just basically blow-dry in like look for the number seven shape in the haircut and they were like if it's not perfect it's no good yeah that I takes feel like the, the UK I feel like the UK push that a lot more oh, than they do man. here yeah somebody will do like a half ass job here yeah and like, oh it's they, amazing yeah <laughs> yeah in the but UK you can't you, get away you get, nah you get fucking screwed yeah, it's so hard but that would take all the subjectivity out of it because everybody you'd have a mannequin head or when you got to like worlds they would do everybody had to have proper models like proper live models but for the most part, you'd have mannequin heads, so there was no subjectivity. Everybody had the same canvas. It would come pre-cut for the majority of the time, and you'd style it in, and whoever's was the best was the best. Mm-hmm. You just there was no way around it. Yeah. But now, when then when I come to Australia, you know, working in competitions where everybody could do a different haircut, there's so much subjectivity in that. Like, mm-hmm. who who says which one's right and wrong? You know, yeah, there's no, there's <laughs> none. there isn't there there's isn't none. Yeah. there's none. But yeah, like for me, like. I feel like I always say oh, I'm not that much of a competitive person like when I left my cycling career I think that's partly the reason why it didn't work out for me but was being nearly a bit too blase and not okay, like yeah, cutthroat enough yeah. and I never thought I'd get into the competition side of hair yeah. until I came here but in essence yeah I would say I'm quite competitive but more so with myself it's like the fear of leaving myself down interesting it's almost like I'm, I'm afraid of leaving myself down if I knew that I could have done something better than yeah or I can do something at a higher kind of level or standard or yeah in my eyes because it's all again subjectivity in my yeah. opinion but yeah so you, you were quite successful in the in the uh, competitions in yeah the in the early days so I think my first ever apprentice competition I got like a third place then I started to win some I started in my second year third year so this is a trend. This didn't just start in 2020, because uh, some people will no. probably only have discovered. Well, this is it. What year was this? This Let's was what, what was this? Was. 2006, 2007. Yeah. All right. So compounding. Yeah. This is early. So this is this early is compounding. Years of so compounding. I've gone from. <laughs> I've gone from early days of sport, you know, winning tournaments and you know national trophies and stuff like that. So it's, you know, again, I'm not saying that's everything, but it sets a certain mindset. You know what's interesting? Like even thinking as a, it's brought us to today, right? To this point, we're still looking for the little details in how we oh, can make always, this better. Always. So, uh, do you want to explain what we did before with the coffee? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so we we took. I introduced Owen to bulletproof coffee. So, mm-hmm. for you coffee fans out there, you can level up your coffee by dropping in some butter. So organic grass fed butter and MCT oil, um, and that will give you the fatty acids to fuel the brain. Then we added in, what else did we put in? We put in some a mushroom complex, so a little bit of you know, reishi, lion's mane, chaga, cordyceps. Um, There's just like a complex which again gets the brain firing, and some pineal pollen, which or pine pollen, as, as some people call it, uh, which will boost testosterone levels. So optimization optimization on all levels and we're fasted yeah if you you can count the butter in but they show that butter won't actually break a fast because the liver actually doesn't produce insulin so technically we're still glucose fasted 
Yeah. So we're just using fat for energy. So all of that, the sharpness of the fasting, the double shot of coffee, um, which is shown to boost ketone levels massively and in- increase brain function, the butter, the MCT oil, the mushroom complex and the pine pollen, um, amplified, amplified the brain. Yeah. <laughs> but and it's those little that, details. That comes, but that's the thing is, related to where we were in the conversation yeah it comes from a mindset yeah that you've developed from very early on um, and it hasn't it's not just something that recently you decided oh I'm going to be an educator no or I'm going to be you know going for barber of the year or like no. men's hairdresser of the year and, um, and like you were saying the small details I have been something that I used to pride myself on I've always been very technique focused mm-hmm so I remember like even playing hockey, there was a thing where most people, if you're right-handed, you start by playing with your left hand at the top. Mm-hmm. For some reason, most people just pick up a stick and they put their left hand at the top. The trick that the Europeans would do to take it to the next level, they change it. So you, from a young age, you put your right hand at the top. So all the control comes from the top of the stick. There was like 50-50 of us. 50% of people would be like, nah, I'm not even gonna bother. I didn't care. I was like, I'm, I'm going to get good at that. If that's what takes me to the next level, I'm going to do it. I did it. Boom. Just yeah. went nuts. Absolutely mental. Southpaw. Yeah. So, yeah. Change it. Change it. You're a southpaw. Boom, boom. So when are you getting the left-handed scissors? Yeah. Look at that. Uh, have you seen? I've got a, I've got videos somewhere of me cutting with scissors in both hands. Really? <laughs> yeah. I've got. Edward scissors hands. I used to do it. I used to do it in the salon. I used to cut bobs with two with pairs of scissors. Jesus. You need to put. So I'd, I'd get, comb, a real, get a real going of that. I'd comb the sections in. Say I'm cutting a neck like a concave neckline, and I get two pairs of scissors. I go boom, 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 and cut them in. And I do cheek lines like it. I go boom, boom, and cut them in. Because really, if we're looking at balance, we probably should be doing that. Yeah. Scissors working in the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. you have to flip the scissors. Hundred percent. Um, anyway, that's just intricate details. See, see where this goes. That, yeah. That's how deep it goes. It goes very deep. Um, very deep. But I've always been technique orientated, and I always I used to pride myself on that. Mm-hmm. And that comes into all the little details, even like. I can see it like this is going to sound like egotistical as well but someone said it to me once and I just I loved it so much it struck a chord they said you've got good hands I, I was I was working in a salon and the guy was like it was like, I already see you've got good hands he'd saw me do like one haircut half a haircut mm-hmm. and I can see it now if someone comes to the salon or comes to a class or we're watching someone you can see how they hold their tools hold yeah, their clippers you can see it you can see it and, and I don't know what it is it's uh, 100% it's a, man it's an attention to detail, yeah. attention to technique. I can just see it immediately. Even someone will pick up a clipper or a pair of scissors, you go, but they're gonna be, this is going to be nice. Yeah. This is going to be good. You could just nah. see it. Yeah, my mom used to say the same thing to me. Like, because I, again, used to care about my hair and style my own hair and stuff. Yeah. And uh, she used to say, yeah, you'd, be, you'd actually make a great hairdresser. Yeah. Or a great, like, yeah. she didn't obviously click the barbering thing together, but she was like, yeah, you have it, you have it in the hands. Yeah. Just the way you touch your own hair. What do they call you? Oh, feather fingers. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I call that a self-proclaimed. That's a nice little load. Yeah, it's, it's not, not the worst one. It's not bad. No, it's not yeah. bad. It'd be worse if it was magic fingers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that just gets weird. Imagine. I guess yeah. weird. <laughs> uh, cool. So from there, yeah, we, we um, started to get do well in um, competition, started to win some, started to progress through my apprenticeship. Again, you think about all the training, all the progress, you know, again, I was, I was just taught by some great mentors. There was a guy in our city, um, I think he had Greek background. He was a Greek hairdresser, like ancestry. 
he was doing a lot of Tony and Guy courses. I think he might have taught some Tony and Guy courses, worked with some great hairdressers in London, and I was paying attention to him, and he would show me some fantastic things with the scissors. You know that thing that I always say about distributing weight, starting at the internal most point and working to the external? Mm. That's the guy that taught me that from like 2006, 2007. I've never forgotten it. Mm -hmm. And it blows my mind how many people don't know it. But this, this is how good this guy was. And he was like probably 60 at the time. So he had had a whole career before yeah. this. And he was telling me this at the start of my career. Mm-hmm. And I'm now passing it on. So those are the little details that I've always remembered. So I would do that. Yeah, competitions, lots of training. Um, and then I'd start finishing my, uh, coming to finishing my apprenticeship. In the UK, you do MVQ. So I got MVQ two and three, which equates to like Aussie three and four, cert three and four. Um, and then they would always have a end of year hair show it was like part of your qualification big hair show they, they'd hire out the big the guild hall in the city it was amazing catwalk the whole, the whole shebang lights cameras it was amazing yeah. and in my final year I won it I, I come first place I won the whole show Sick. and it blew my mind up but again it was the effort it, people saw the end thing I spent three weeks making a headpiece mm. I was like 16 17, okay, 17 it was like years, a 18 years old whatever it was it was like a chandelier it was like it was massive it was like this cascading thing and I, I shared a room with my brother at this point I had this thing clamped to a table a desk in my bedroom in a tiny house in the UK yeah, for wow. three weeks he'd walk in every day and be like what on earth are you doing he's like when is this going to go like can I just have, the, have some yeah. space back now um, <laughs> <laughs> so I did that won my last hair show and then that was it it was great it was all systems go. Um, started working on the floor full time. This whole time I'd built a clientele. So by the time it come to working on the floor, I'd already had a clientele. Um, I was yeah booked quite a lot of the time, which was amazing. I was bringing in all the younger guys, all the students. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, I was doing all the cool haircuts and people knew me to do the cool haircuts. I had lots of friends with cool hair because they, we were all into music, the music scene. Yeah, the I was culture. getting all like the cool long hair. So that's like long hair coming in now. Dude, I've been doing long hair since day like dot you know <laughs> because everybody had long hair nobody had fades mm-hmm. you know all the cool kids had all the long hair the long fringes all that stuff disconnections so I was doing that um, and then talking about pivotal moments I went to a music festival with one of my friends the guy Ben I was telling you about earlier the guy I used at a hair show uh, we went to a hair festival uh, sorry not hair festival a music festival Reading Festival in the UK and we saw one of our favorite bands play it ever, Blink One Eight Two. They headlined. Yeah, yeah. it's a little, uh, little blast in the past. But um, we saw them headline, and we had such a good weekend. We were like, I don't want to go home. We were like, let's not go home. You know, at this point we're just hungover and like, you know, probably talking shit, half being half serious. We were like, well, let's not go home. And then we kind of just like, all right, circulating that idea. And then he texts me again, sort of a couple of weeks later. He's like, were you serious about it? And so we met up for a beer and we were like, well, if we're serious about not going home, where are we going to go? And we were like, Australia. We, we knew a guy that had been to Australia. And we were like... <laughs> the furthest away point yeah, you could possibly let's, go. Let's go to Australia. And we were like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And then Ben was like, if I go, I'm never going home. I'm like, what? That's a bit much, mate. Like, I'm actually having a good... Fucking I'm actually like killing it here. You know? I'm having a good career. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. hard, you know? Yeah. And then he planted that you know, well, I guess we, we, we come to, you know, this idea about it. And then again, he texted me a few days later. He was like, should we just go book a flight? And I was like, all right. So I met him. We went into the uh, travel agents and we said, we want to go to Australia six months time. Where's, what's the best deal you can do? 
and they were like, I think it was between Sydney and Adelaide. And they were like, Sydney's going to be this. Adelaide's going to be this. Adelaide was like 50 pounds cheaper. So we were like, Adelaide it is. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I had no idea about the geographical layout of Australia. We were forget like, the Opera House. Forget the Harbour Forget Bridge. that, yeah. Nah, let's take, just go to take Adelaide. Take to the city of churches. Yes. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> one-way ticket, baby. Yeah, and it was. It was one-way ticket. Yeah. So that was that. And then the turn of events after that, that was like, it was quite a stressful time because it, it, it you know, it put a bit of a upset in the spanner in the works, basically. I really wanted to do this. I really wanted to go overseas. I was like, right, my parents had always told me, as soon as you can, get out of here, go and experience it. Because they didn't get the chance to do it, you know. And this is where I've been so lucky in my life. Like, I've always had that encouragement. And so they would tell me, go out and get it, go out and experience the world. You know, we didn't get to do it. They they got married young, had kids young, mm-hmm. basically worked to live for the whole duration of us growing up. That's just what it's like in the UK. Yeah, you can yeah. probably relate, you know. Yeah, it's, I think it's a different generation. Yeah, different, different generation, di- yeah. different set of beliefs, different set of values. We're less, I guess, aware of the opportunities that they could have and we're probably a bit scared to do it, to do yeah. it as well. Yeah. There was a lot of fear involved. Um, so yeah, so you just took the opportunity. So, to, so, so got that, and then it was. What like, did they think of the salon at the time? Were they off there? No, it was six months. I had six months, and I kept it quiet for a long time. So what? You booked the flights. I booked the flights months we, later. Uh, we basically so just you booked, booked it six months in advance. I booked it in October and came here in April. Okay. So, yeah. and I started to tell. I, I want to give them like six weeks notice. I gave them six week notice. Notice at the salon, and I don't think anybody really believed me. You know, it was like back in the day where people were like, oh yeah. At least, at least just saying that you know yeah and then it got closer and closer and closer and like yeah i'm going and my parents were even a bit like oh you're actually doing this like yeah i'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my dad started asking me funny questions like so where's the paperwork then where's where's this where's that and i'm like dad it's the internet like yeah. i was like it's all fine because i had nothing really physical to show you know yeah, i probably yeah, just yeah. had like a print out of the flights uh-huh. i was like well the flights are here that's all you need to know you know he's like where's this where's that I'm like that's it's not 1960, all right? Like, I've got emails, it's on the internet, I'll be fine, you know, I've saved my money. Um, so let's talk about the events after that. So yeah, six months. Um, I had lots coming up as well. So I, I entered the Southwest of England Hairdressing Championships, mm-hmm. which I ended up winning. Yeah. I became, at 19, I was the Southwest of England Hairdressing Champion, Senior Champion, so I beat all the adults. And there were some like people that I looked up to in there I just went ham I just did all the events I could you know like yeah. we turn up at HBIA I just did everything yeah yeah just everything I just I laid it all on the table I, I shut out all the noise I did exactly what I wanted to do exactly what I wanted to see and I just went mental took out the trophy the night before that competition I actually had my leaving party for Australia so I was also hungover yeah. and I still won the trophy mm-hmm. I know <laughs> thank that. you very much <laughs> I know that feeling <laughs> you know that feeling well usually I come second though but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, we can't we can have it all, mate. <laughs> um, hey, this is my time, all right? <laughs> um, all right, all right. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm zipped up over here, bro. Don't worry. Um, and then a week... Yeah, so, and then I did uh, I did an American crew photo shoot as well uh, when it was called Face Off, not mm-hmm. All-Star Challenge. So I did my first ever Face Off Challenge. I didn't win that one. I didn't even get through to... I didn't get finalists, but we got invited you got invited to the show and that's how you found out if you're a finalist. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, you got invited. And we, it, we went to Manchester. We went to the cricket yeah. round in Manchester. Good way of was, getting people there. It was epic. Hey? Yeah. Good way of getting people there. Oh, it was so good. It was epic. So Asahi Beer sponsored it. Lovely. And it was epic, man. We just, all the Asahi Beer mm. you could have. And I went up with one of the guys, um, 
from the salon. We met Bez. Remember Bez from the Happy Mondays? There's a band called the Happy Mondays. He, he was the guy with the maracas. He was amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. He, he, he was great. Call. Anyway, so we, we met Bez. Anyway, so that one didn't, didn't go to plan. But that was my first ever American cruise shot. So that was some time ago, like 10 years ago or something. Tell us the story first about um, how you met the guy from Busted. The guy from Busted? Oh, no, no, McFly. McFly, yeah. Oh, Sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. Oh, that was, yeah. That's a different oh, story. A but, yeah, I'll tell you when, that. When you said about uh, Bez, so this is where your music, like, your, was it your music career got you to that stage and how you got uh, to meet him? Kind, kind of, like, I, I just love music. Um, yeah, I used to just play in bands and do you know, tour around Europe a little bit and stuff like that. We could talk about that. What was the name of your band? What was the name of your band? Uh, Nozzle. 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 Yeah, baby. Exactly. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, and I, look, the band had been going for uh, some years before I, they were on a record label and they did, you know, they'll have, have, have to make you your own Dyson attachment. Oh, call how it, could that call be? It, call yeah. it Nozzle. Nozzle. It'll Just for in, me. It'll be in the shape of a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh, Perfect. Brilliant. Brilliant. Just putting out sound waves. You can't even hear it. It's in the universe. <laughs> it's now. a different frequency. Cares for your hair. It's in the universe now. Right? So, it's um, so yeah, I did that, and they were on a record label. They had albums. They had like songs on movies. You know all this stuff. I joined. I joined the band. We could get into that story in in another podcast. That that that's yeah. But that, that, that would take a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, that wasn't how I started meeting music people. But there was a band that I used to love. Uh, called Yumi at Six and they were doing a UK tour and one of my other mates you met you met Callum remember my yeah, friend yeah, Callum yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. Meet me and Callum he, he lived in Southampton at the time and I was like I'm going to come up and we should just do a tour we should just like follow him around a few dates we went to like Southampton I think they were f- one of the guys in the band was from around there so they had mm. a big fan base Southampton, London we went to Cardiff we just like we just travelled around and at the London gig um, one of the friends that we were staying with was like, oh, where's the gig? Because they, they weren't coming. We were like, oh, it's at the, the O2. I think it was Brixton O2 or something like that. And they were like, you're kidding. Why didn't you tell me? I was like, why is that? They were like, well, I know the manager. I know the man, the like the whole complex manager. I'll see what I can do. I'm like, you're joking. So we get there. Like, my ass is making buttons at this point. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. So we get there. And uh, my friend go, calls, calls the manager. And uh, they were like, come this way. And so there was a massive, we were all queued up and they were like, come, come this way. Come out with these three gold wristbands. We're like, what are these? All access wristbands. We're like, backstage, like, go where you want. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is outrageous. So we go backstage, walk up there. It's famous people galore. Like at this point, there's all my music inspirations were just in this like green room. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for, for all the kids watching at home, there was a band in the UK called McFly. Yeah, McFly were pretty fly. And McFly were massive. Massive, absolutely huge. They were pretty fly. Yeah, they were pretty cool, man. <laughs> not gonna lie, not gonna <laughs> lie, I was a bit of a fan. And so we get up there. Who's up there? Dougie Pointer from McFly was there. So naturally, we go up and introduce ourselves, pretend like we're famous, pretend like we're meant to be there. <laughs> and uh, we're just yeah. chatting away to him. We're getting photos and all this, so... Yeah, that that was a that was cool. Yeah, sick. I, I felt famous awesome. for a minute there. Yeah, no, I've I've got a few stories like that too, for the next podcast. But, but all right, so let's keep it moving. Yeah, so um, won the Southwest of England Championships, did my American Crew shots, and then I got invited back to my college hair show. They for the first time ever, I thought I might have been the second year that we were putting together a creative team. 
mm. and they said do you want the, an invite do you want to come back and be on the creative team and do a demonstration at that annual hair show so I went back and again I made this huge I made this like hat out of hair mm-hmm. and it was blonde and blue it was like white baby blue and this whole hair it just had hair hanging down off it and it was like a hat you couldn't see the model underneath it it was just like sat on her head mm-hmm. it, was, it was wicked so she walked down the catwalk and the judge the judge of that show he used to come back he was one of the really well known judges in uh, hairdressers in our area he was called Craig Chapman and he still is a fantastic hairdresser. He's won um, Afro Stylist at the year of the year at the British Hairdressing Awards, yeah. which is massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and for like our part of the country, it's crazy. Yeah. And like he's won, I think he's won like Southwest Area Hairdresser of the Year, kind of yeah. like you know Victoria, New South Wales, yeah, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. He's won that at the British Hairdressing Awards, which is huge. It, he used to come to our hair shows and judge them. So he came to our show and he saw what we were doing and I, I got inspired by what L'Oreal and all those big brands were putting out that year. And uh, he goes, oh, mate, because he was the same guy that judged the year before and I'd won and he was like, mate, this was awesome. He was like, people in London are doing this. He was like, you should come, you should come up to London with me and do some shoots. This was a week before I was going to Australia. And talk about pivotal moments in your career. That was a pivotal moment for me. Mm-hmm. And so so I'd won, I think the week before that or, or that, that weekend, I'd won the Southwest of England Hairdressing Championships. I then went to this hair show as a creative on the creative team. And this guy is saying to me, do you want to come to London and do some hair, hair shoots for L'Oreal? And I was like, oh God, this, this is crazy, like a week out, you know? Mm-hmm. Then the offcuts of the images that I did for American Crew I became a finalist for the NHF UK Photographic Stylist of the Year, which I still don't know if I won because they put out three winners and my name was number one. I'm not sure if I won it. If that means I won, I'm going to take it as a win. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Take but we did some funny shots with the um, afterwards with the black and white stuff. So that was a pivotal moment. So having, he, he, having to say no. He, he like came up to me and he went, how do you feel about two weeks' time coming to London to do a shoot with L'Oreal? And I just went, you know, I was thinking I was big head. I was like, oh, nah, you know, I really want to do it. But I was like, nah, I'm I'm going to Australia, you know? And he almost pivoted on the spot and just went, "Hmm." turned away. That was it. Didn't say nothing. And my heart just sank. I just was like, might have missed the mark there. (laughs) Might have missed an opportunity. But that was a pivotal moment. And I look back on that moment and I don't regret it for one minute. No. Because, look, hindsight's a beautiful thing. It could have been amazing for my career. It also might not have been. Yeah. But that, all the little things that I had built up until that point in my sort of mental fortitude helped me to go past that point. Mm -hmm. So he was asking me to go do this shoot. I would have been in Australia for a week at this point, (laughs) you know? And I was like, no, I'm going to Australia. Um, so yeah, a, a lot of stuff happened in that two, one or two weeks leading up to coming to Australia. So I left on a bit of a high. I left feeling like I was leaving something behind. Yeah. They, they were taking on new people to train with the UK hairdressing team. I could have done that because I was like area champion. Mm. And I got a phone call at the salon and they were like, oh, we've seen you know, your guy, Lee, won the thing. Those are exactly the people we need. And I think the guys at the shop had clicked on at this point. They were like, well, just depends what you want to do with your career. And then I announced them, look, I'm going to go to Australia. So I just put that on the back burner. And yeah, came, came to Australia. Um, so I went to Adelaide. 
You're went straight fast. to Adelaide. Uh, took probably a week or two off, just enjoyed the sunshine, and then got straight into work. Yeah, so salon in Adelaide. Started working in a hairdressing salon, and this, this was where like it blew my mind at the opportunities of this country. I'm walking around with a, a portfolio, which was a paper, a paper book, which I had cut out for printed photos and stuck them in a book and got a texter and just wrote what it was. That's what I did. I'm walking around with this like yeah. big scrapbook. This is like before Instagram. Before did you have a job before you came Facebook? here or not? No. You just walked oh. into a salon. I, so did you walk into a salon with your portfolio? I walked in how? with 30 resumes. I had 30 resumes in a poly pocket and I had this paper portfolio <laughs> book. <laughs> and I would just book. and I had everything in there from the first ever photo I had ever taken to all the things that I'd won to all the classes I'd done the colour classes the things I did and you know because I it was book I'll, I'll show you it a bit I've, I've got it here you it's, still have it yeah, yeah I'll, I'll show you it's, it's, it, you will laugh your head off maybe we'll do a little video has, on it I'll, I'll, it has to be in the BTS yeah, yes we'll yeah. put it we'll put it, we'll put it in there in I'll, it. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. show you it um, but it, it's hilarious so I, I would walk around with that and I, I, I think I got about 15 resumes handed out CV, I call, we used to call them, I used to call them CVs, yeah. what they call them, resumes yeah. here, whatever. Curriculum vitae. Curriculum vitaes. Um, so I would go around and I walked in, it was a hair house warehouse. Okay. You know those? Yeah. So I walked into oh, I that know one. I all too well. Yeah. <laughs> I know them, yeah, yeah. Walked in, went around the city a little bit and then I was walking back past the shop and the lady who was managing in there legged it out of the shop and went, Oh, Lee, Lee, shout me down, shout me down. Um, oh, uh, uh, let's let's talk about the, the, the application. It look, your CV looks great, you know, this, that, and the other. I'm showing her this paper book of like what I could do and stuff because originally they were just going to call me. And she was like, oh, um, when can you start? Basically just had, like hiring me on the spot. And, yeah. and I was like, well, I've got my scissors at my car. And I just went down and did a haircut and they were like, wow. That was great. I think it was a men's haircut at the time, and I was quite good at cutting men's hair at the time. And they were like, "Okay," <laughs> and they they had a guy who was leaving at the time, mm. and so I could have filled the spot. Great. Um, he was a good hairdresser. I remember seeing his work. He was a good hairdresser, and I was a little bit nervous about doing the hairdressing work that he was doing. But anyway, I didn't care. I could make up for it with other yeah. other parts of my skill set. Um, and and this is the crazy thing. They were like, uh, uh, bearing in mind, I'd come from the UK where you're, you're barely making two hundred fifty pounds a week. I, I'm I'm fully qualified out of my apprenticeship, running a column. I might have been on like two hundred thirty pounds a week or something. Like it was not a lot of money. And so they go, oh, how is uh, how's thirty dollars an hour? Is that okay? <laughs> I was like. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. Just like, take it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, going to take absolutely. it. And they're like, look, it's casual, but you'll probably be on full-time hours because, you know, we've got so much work on. So I'm working full-time hours, making $30 an hour. It was outrageous. I couldn't believe it. I remember calling home to my mum and dad being like, I'm making this much money. They're like, you jammy get. Like, it's taken me my whole life to make that much money, yeah. you know? Like, it, doesn't, it just doesn't happen. In, I'm like a 20-year-old. It? it doesn't happen at home. No, I'm a 20-year-old kid, you know, because the thing in the UK, nobody, nobody wants to give you anything. Most people are making peanuts as it is. Yeah, Minimum sure. wage is so low and you've got to prove yourself so much. Yeah. Like people, you've always got to prove yourself in the UK. Absolutely. You know? And even like, that's one of the things that really blew my mind coming here first was the price of haircuts. Yep. Like if you're to compare, just the numbers, obviously the currency exchange makes a difference, right? But yeah. even at that, yeah. it's still double the price. Yeah. Even if you just split the currency, like say if you take 25... Uh, 
25 euro for a haircut is expensive where I'm from yeah people won't pay it no well what did you choose what did you charge in Ireland yeah um, anywhere between like 10 and 20 wow to, depending on service yeah so I remember the, the, the full service shampoo cut it's like 25 dollars like you know? yeah shampoo cut and dry in my salon that I trained in was 13 pounds 50 so what's that 26 27 dollars um, and yet that's that's like top level yeah that's like some of the best yeah, you yeah, can yeah. get and you know? like I think there's such limiting beliefs yeah in the UK and in Ireland of putting their prices up to that yep level except if you're in London or you're in Dublin or you're in some of the big cities um, people just won't pay it it's just where you're located it's just a location based thing. yeah but yeah that's one of the things that really blew my mind coming here too and how again just seeing the opportunities right like yeah Were what's they, available I, I was in that salon and because I'd never experienced this again it was the fear of putting prices up I'd been in there about three four weeks and I was doing like really good haircuts and, and the men's haircut price in there was like $30 or something mm-hmm. and me after four weeks they were like yours is going straight up to 35 like they were just were like were smacking another $5 on there because mm-hmm. it's worth the worth the value mm-hmm. and I was like can you do that? because yeah. <laughs> like, in the UK you'd be afraid to put it up 50 pence yeah, because yeah, people, people would freak go, out people go crazy yeah, yeah. absolutely um, so put it up to a whole $5 was mental so you were in Adelaide then for yep. how long? Uh, a few months only a few months yeah a few yeah. months did you, did you travel after that you went somewhere yeah. else yeah then came to Victoria um, did my farm work oh yeah I did uh, some uh, dairy work so mm-hmm. I worked on a dairy farm which at the time was hilarious there's some there's still I've still got some videos of me um, we, we, I had a camper van when I came to Australia and uh, I'm driving to this farm I'm in the middle of nowhere we're out in the Otways just no idea where we are and this is how closed off and dumb I was to the world I thought you still milked cows by hand <laughs> so I'm driving there my mate's filming me this is on a little shitty like Samsung phone or whatever we're driving there and I'm going he's like how do you feel about this and I'm like I am not touching a cow's udder I'm not doing it I'm not going to do it you know I hate this I don't even want to do this you know I'm just like driving towards <laughs> it and he's pissing himself like filming me he thought it was like the open farms where they bring little kids to yeah, just yeah, yeah. milk the and cow. I had to dress up like a maid and yeah. get a little bucket yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, it, but it wasn't like that it was so we get there and we meet the farmer and he's a bit brash you know oh hey guy blah 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 you know proper Aussie farmer like you know he'd been on the farm like 40 years or something never yeah. left in the middle of the Otways like and then we were like whoa and so he goes all right lads yep put your bags down first things first take you down to the dairy so he took a sh- i was like oh no <laughs> the, 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 here we go straight I thought, this in. Is it. i'm just gonna be touching I'm others about, straight I'm away about to start milking others. <laughs> yeah so yeah. um and then he, he showed me in and i'm like what are those things and of course they're like these electronic cups that you it's all on machine. yeah 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 and you just smack them massive. on and i was like oh thank god for that mm. so straight away that like eased it so anyway that's enough of that story what a fantastic experience though the first couple of weeks I absolutely hated it by the end of it I ended up loving it mm-hmm. because it changed me as a human yeah. changed me as a man changed me as a, a person like I grew so much there their, their son at the time um, was like 15 this kid was unbelievable jumping on a quad bike jumping on a motorbike jumping in a tractor getting herds like herds of 200 cows from one paddock to another I was like so shit scared of this stuff because I come from a city. I'm a hairdresser mm. from a city. Mm. Never done this stuff in my life. Mm-hmm. This kid was fearless. Yeah. He knew how to do all this stuff, operate machinery, blah, blah. I'm like, this is what I missed out on growing up. Yeah. 
And then you're looking out for snakes, you're looking out for lizards, you're looking out for this, that, the other, you know. Mm-hmm. We'd be like chasing cows around paddocks, trying to get them back in. It was it was mental. It, it changed me as a human and I'm forever grateful for that experience. Yeah. I was glad when I left, but yeah. I look back on it now and I changed, mm-hmm. you know, astronomically in that sort of three, four month, four month process. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. I've never had to do my farm work, thank God. Yeah. Um, but people might not notice about me, but my mum's family... Are actually farmers oh wow um dairy farmers yeah great so i kind of grew up somewhat around the farm so i know, you know that you don't milk i know you yeah. don't milk cows by hand um, yeah i see i didn't know that but <laughs> my uncle would always try to encourage me to come and help him on the farm and i would when i was younger and then i don't know i just it just didn't suit me my mom's a hairdresser yeah but like it probably was the same for her she didn't enjoy the farm she didn't want to help out in yeah. the farm work and stuff um, a lot of people it's hard getting your hands dirty like that when you're a hairdresser yeah. like for me I don't even like getting my, my getting products my in your hands <laughs> moment, no. a lot of people assume I'm a farmer because being from the southwest, yeah they do actually <laughs> they do no, I've heard people like, say oh, that you're a farmer I'm like I've heard people you saying that to you Jordan, are you joking Jordan has definitely said that yeah to you a few Mikey things. said it to you too. <laughs> I'm a farmer you're like, a farmer Lee. I'm not no <laughs> I wouldn't know the first thing about it <laughs> no no um, so after the farm work you went so after the farm go? work stay in uh, Victoria or you go no, somewhere else no I went to Queensland actually Queensland went also. to Queensland amazing yeah that was where I really thought because you know coming to Australia I thought it was just going to be sun and surf Mm-hmm. everywhere and spending a winter in Victoria proved that that wasn't what it was about so yeah. we went and found it found it in uh, Queensland amazing absolutely amazing we drove the whole coast from Victoria all the way up to Queensland just had the best time surfing at all the cool spots stopping off here there and everywhere like it was it was awesome yeah um, I'm kind of jealous of that man to be honest I've never I haven't had that experience yet you got time you can, yeah. you can I'm, working, I'm working towards yeah, it yeah, yeah. I'm working the, towards it you gotta have those goals. Keep, like as I always say, keep it on the list. The moment that you, the moment that you take that off your list of things, it becomes mm-hmm. unreachable. Yeah, you know. So always keep it there in the back mm-hmm. of your mind. But mm-hmm. um, so we did that, and then had a really great time in Queensland. Spent a lot of money, partied a bit too much, and started to run out of money. So we came back to Victoria with the thought of going to the farm again because it was at the time good money. You could save money. If, yeah, if you yeah. worked you're seven, not spending money you're making money if you work seven hours a day you could just they, they put you up and they fed you Yeah. so you could stay there we got on with the family great they looked after us um, but anyway so we couldn't go back there right away we had to wait two weeks okay. and so I was like hmm do I just try and get a hairdressing job in a regional town near where they were and I did that and again same, similar thing to Adelaide I walked up and down the strip I had a poly pocket full of resumes and CVs and I went into every hairdresser. When I was in Queensland, I Googled all the salons around the area and I found about 15 salons. Bearing in mind, this is a regional town. 15 salons, I found them all. It was a hot day. I'm dressed up in like a suit. I've got, I've got a shirt and good pants on mm-hmm. and shoes on and I'm walking around and handing in all these CVs. And again, similar thing. I was walking back down the street and then the, the boss come running out the door. Oh, Lee, we've, I've had a look at you, over your resume. When can you start? Do you want to do a haircut? We've got someone just walked in. Do you want to do a haircut? I'm like, yep, got my scissors in my car. So again, this is like the proactiveness. It's so, it's you know? so much um, character building within yeah. all of this. Because, huge, huge. Like I've, I'm just thinking and smiling away, watching and listening to the story because there's certain intricate details that I don't even know, right? Yeah. Um, but I can relate to my story. Yeah. And it's like, when you're here and you're what age at the time were you at that time? 20 
20, yeah. I'm so either look, 20. I'm, at this no, point, I'm either 20 nobody, or 21. Yeah. You've got nobody to look after you. No. You don't have like a, a safety blanket to fall no. back on. It's all character building times. Yeah. So you're problem solving there, yeah. essentially. You're and like, that, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? You don't want to be ringing home and asking for money. Nope. And do you know, you know the amazing thing? Like, I'm not, again, not blowing smoke up my own ass here, but not once have I ever phoned home for money, ever. Mm. In the whole, I've been here 10 and a half years. Yeah. My mum and dad gave me no money to get myself here and they've given me no money since. Thank you to her for that. Thanks to my industry and your personality and this this industry. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, we, we can go into that in other episodes as well, but the, the, you can really make these this career work if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Um, endless opportunities. Endless opportunities. Um, but you never go hungry, will you? No. You'll always be able to do a bit of a change. Um, so yeah, but I was, I was walking up and down the street, and then they ran out and said, "Oh, when when can you um, when can you start? When can you do a haircut?" I did a haircut, and it was uh, this time it wasn't a men's haircut; it was a woman's haircut, and and I was pretty confident that short women's hair, like I, I loved it at the time, and it was the boss's sister, and I know I didn't know at the time, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's the that's the true test. You know, yeah. you're cutting the boss's sister's hair. It's like mm-hmm. the true test. And she wanted a short, like Halle Berry haircut. Remember when Halle Berry had a mm-hmm. nice short haircut? Yeah beautiful haircut and I was like I'm gonna nail this brought out all the tricks and they were like okay this is something different <laughs> yeah. yeah um and yeah that was it S- secured the spot um, secured the bag secured the bag secured the bag secured the bag how many how much an hour $30 an hour that time as well or what it was, I think I started casual with that yeah um <laughs> again it just kept blowing blow my mind yeah, yeah. I'm like you guys don't know me from a bar of soap yeah. This this paper portfolio here and this resume could be a load of shit. I could just be straight up lying to you. Absolutely. Because there was no Instagram. <laughs> Absolutely. There was no Instagram. There was no Facebook. There was nothing. I could but just you know be what? straight like, up lying. The work does, you know? the, does the talking for you, right? Like We yep. say that all the time now. Let, yep. let the work do the talk. Let, start spinning them scissors around, flipping your comb. Yeah. You buy anybody. That's all it is. It's all um, smoke and mirrors. <laughs> nah, it's did not. You stay, but did you stay in Victoria then after that? Yeah, yeah. So it? that that so sealed me into Victoria. So I stayed at that salon and did. Uh, that's where I got sponsored. Mm-hmm. And so we were coming up. Me and my friend Ben, who I come to Australia with, uh, we were coming up to the end of our working holiday. Mm. So we had a two-year working holiday visa. That's why we had to do the farm work to qualify for the second year. Yeah. So we qualified for the second year. We were coming up to the end of it because mm. we'd been up to Queensland and doing all that. And we were like, look, what are we going to do? We weren't ready to go home. And we made a little network here. We knew, just, you know, knew a handful of people. And we were like, oh, look, we're safe here. We're happy here. We've got people to fall back on here. Let's let's start the visa process. Yeah. And we thought, you know, we're like, we're 20, 21 year old kids, you know, we're like, what's two years on a visa? Nothing. Yeah. We're 23, 24 by the time we're done, you know, permanent residents of Australia. Anyway, that took a lot longer than expected. Yeah. <laughs> about, what was it, about 10 years? No, it no, was more like seven, six, six, okay. seven years yeah. in the, in the, in the trenches getting, getting visas and I had a rigmarole around that. Crazy, we eventually we, we got there anyway. Yeah, we got yeah. there. So you're a citizen now. No? The details. Yeah. yeah, I'm a citizen now. Yeah, so uh, fully fully fledged Australian citizen. Wave True blue. Flag. True Wave blue. the flag. Wave that flag, baby. I drink um I drink VB on a daily basis now. So <laughs> for mental stimulation. Just mental stimulation. Yeah, you I didn't I didn't start, tell you about the mushrooms into it. Yeah, I yeah. didn't tell you about the stubbies I had before this. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll leave that one out. No, I'm joking. I actually, all right. So like, so. 
from there got that so but again there's there's a pivotal <laughs> I feel moment. like I've said that for so long now. Yeah, yeah. so from there we're, from we're there we're, we're, we keep going up. but this, yeah. this is the whole point of the podcast right we can yeah. elaborate hopefully you get some value out of it if you don't yeah, yeah. I'm having a good time so absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not there's, there's always lessons within each each, um, each part I think if we get all of our story out as well we don't have to touch on it too much in nah, other podcasts it gets read. boring about keep coming back to it yeah, but, we don't have to <laughs> but look yeah, this exactly. is great um, so talk about pivotal moments I love getting back to the pivotal moments because it's it's like photographs in my mind I can I can visualise these pivotal moments mm. I had to go and work in a different salon because of visa requirements so you know how you couldn't there's like these things you can't do six months on the same salon all this stuff in uh, on your working holiday so I had to go and work at a different salon and this was the guy that actually told me see this was this was weird this experience but he was the guy that told me that I had good hands mm-hmm. he saw me and he was like he's like I already know you've got great hands so I can I can tell and I was like oh great um but so I had to move, move to that salon and they were a really good salon in here like fantastic salon they get this right this is how like obnoxious these people were we do check staff training days and they would write on a whiteboard we are the best salon in the area that's what they would write you'd go to the training day and they would go remember we are the best <laughs> you'd be like I guess it works right like okay some, but, but maybe that's messaging. subliminal messaging yeah, yeah. and, and solidifying that in your mind but if you met them you'd be like oh that's, that's yeah, it's, it's not bold. doing you too many favours but a bit bold of a statement was it yeah it, it was bold but yeah. they, look they were great but, but I it guess it's a way of trying to keep standards yeah high. it wasn't you know great for the humility on their personalities if you met these guys they're a bit like obnoxious but anyway that, that, that was cool that, that was the point so there was a, there was a photographic moment in my mind again another pivotal moment which lights the fire under my ass so the one of the first ones was back in the UK that that moment with Craig Chapman about do you want to come for L'Oreal boom I thought oh no what have I done that just lit the fire under my ass I know I have to make this work for myself because mm. I just missed an opportunity next one was this next experience so I left that salon after I sorted out my visa stuff I could go back to the other salon you know in that in the interim they actually called me and they said Lee we feel terrible about you leaving we think you could be like a paramount you know, part of the team. Um, we want you back. Do you want to come and meet for a coffee? So I met them for a coffee. They bought me lunch, this, this. And then the energy was good. They were like, you know, building me up, building me up. And then they said, two things they said. They were said, ah, oh, there's just a couple of things. They were like, we we feel like, you know, we feel like the rule and the reasons why you're doing this. Oh, English people are a bit lazy, aren't they? And I didn't really know what, I, I think they were trying to like, be like okay well you can change that for me can you like to maybe get me get me to go back and then the other one was then it, we, the conversation was going and then he said uh you'll never make it in the salon that you're at in this in the regional salon he went you'll never make it down there who does they all end up coming to us in the end anyway and i just went watch me that, that's all I needed to hear or because you know I was on the fence I was gonna go and join the salon again because they, they were like the best salon in the area you know we're the best it's on the whiteboard yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and he said you'll never make it down there and I just thought that lit the fire under my ass I was like I'm don't don't ever say that to me because I am so competitive don't ever tell me I won't do it because I'll do everything in my power to do it do I like that about myself yes and no <laughs> sometimes it's a blessing sometimes it's my curse but that's the wrong thing to say to me 
Yeah, because I'll do everything in my power too. to do it. I love it. it. I love when people say it. I love that. It's, so, like the, it's like the American crew thing, you know, oh, at the end of the video. I yeah. like, I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me, tell me I'm not like going to do it or whatever it is. So they said that to me and that, that was probably one of the, you know, the, the worst things they could have said to me. <laughs> Another story about that guy, actually. Remember when we were at Hair Festival the first time and I was coming up and I, I met you for, for the second the second time, I think it was the first time we made a proper connection. I at, at, Hair, Hair Expo. at Hair Expo, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I met that guy. That guy saw me at the airport because he was going up as well. And he saw me. We locked eyes and he looked away. Because I, I, I think, like I was going in with all kinds of confidence. Like I had my model there. Her hair was coloured because I got through to the finals of the cut and colour competition. And there was an energy about me that day. I was just... I was probably a little bit like big headed. But I was just coming in with all this confidence, and I think he could just sense it from across the frigging airport, like yeah. in in the in the lobby area. He, he just looked at me. We locked eyes, and I was like, "You know what this is? Yeah, you you know exactly." You I was words. like, "You know exactly what this is," because it had probably been about you know two three years that I'd seen him at this point. But and I'll, I'll get into that in a second. But yeah, there was like an energy, like you could almost feel it burning through him. I was like, you know what this is. <laughs> but anyway. Um, you almost need that though. You, you, like I love yeah. it when, when somebody puts me in a position like that. I, I kind of low-key love it. I, yeah. There's a yeah. part of you that kind of lights, it lights a fire, but like some of the fire is like a, it's like an animosity, but like yeah. a, dr- a yeah. drive. It's a drive too. more than a They're hate. Almost thing. like I'll sh- show you. Yeah. But then you know, like Hannah keeps saying to me these days, "Why is that? Like, why do you need to show this person?" And it's not really about that person. It's more no. about it's more about you. You need to show you. Yep. Yep. That you can prove them wrong. Yeah. Because like, yep. ultimately, like I don't know what you're like. I am my worst critic. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, trust me. Like I heard Stephen say on a podcast. He's like, trust me, I've said way worse things about myself than you could ever say to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's true. That sounds that sounds like dark, but it's not. <laughs> it's like not in a depressive way. It's like you want to. But like, critical, do you want to say that shit to me? Like, I, I've said way worse things. To myself. Constructive criticism on yeah. yourself. Yeah, like as I long am as my it's worst critic. Yeah, you, know, you still, but you you are your worst critic because ultimately, it sounds weird even saying it, but you love yourself, so you want to. Yeah project the best version of yourself possible and getting back to why I am the way I am in social situations why do I need to be the best version of myself how do I expect to help anybody Mm. I hate subpar advice I hate subpar mentorship I hate subpar anything guidance in life it's like the whole self-help movement there's so much subpar self-help the blind leading the blind I hate that so I'm going to do the best to be the best I can possibly be yeah before you even before I even can door. help people yeah, and that yeah. that explains the whole distance of my career that's why I now feel like I'm finally in a place where I can share my knowledge because I feel like it's worth sharing now yeah you know yeah, and that yeah. gets back to the story but let's get back to that so I'm in the regional salon in Victoria I'm getting sponsored I'm doing all that stuff there was a point I'm not gonna lie where I've been cutting hair for quite a while and I've been in this salon for about two three years and I was starting to lose the drive for hairdressing. I think because I had no no timelines, no end dates, nothing to work towards. Or the only thing I was really waiting for was a visa, but that was just taking forever. I was cutting, you know, middle-aged women's hair, which yeah. don't get me wrong, that is, has been an amazing learning curve in itself. And I learned so much from working in a salon doing that, cutting, you know, uh, that kind of hair type. And... There, there was a little bit of me, this is where 
again, I keep thinking of these pivotal moments, like back to what my dad would always say to me. This is where, you know, one of the bad things about being away from your parents is like, there's some really good advice that they give. My dad was great at giving black or white advice. It was like when I started to do hair, something I forgot to say, he would say, okay, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to university and owe money or do you want to go to work and earn money? Mm. And so that was like, okay, oh, I need to go and get a job to earn money. So that was the kind of, he would give me like two avenues, right? I do that to myself now. I'm like, well, do you want to do this or do you want to do this? You know? And there's been a few points where I remember when, at the time when we first met, I was just coming out of that point where I was thinking about quitting doing hair. So what happened was, this is a great story about um, when we first met, but in, in the salon in Victoria, a regional Victoria, yeah, I was coming to the end of my tether. I was like, oh, I, I actually don't know if I want to do this. And I couldn't really see a way out of it. But again, I gave myself that black or white advice. I was like, right, yep, you could quit. And you could be the guy that quits. You don't really have anything else to do. You probably have to go home because, you know, what are you going to do? Or are you going to get that fire back under your ass and relight yourself and remember what that guy said to you? You're never going to make it. You're never going to make it. And I was like, I'm going to show you. So I remembered back to what lit the fire in the first place. I'm a competitive person. Let's get back to hair competitions. Because I hadn't done a competition at this point since leaving the UK. Mm-hmm. The last thing I did, I won the Southwest of England Championships. Yeah. I was like, right, well, I've got all this confidence. I know that I'm good enough. Let's go do it. So I, and I think one of the reasons why I didn't do comps either is because I didn't know where to look. I was in Australia. I was like, oh, all these organizations, I don't know what I'm looking at, you know? And no one around me was doing them. They were thrown around. Oh, maybe you should go H by A. Maybe you should do this. But nobody really knew, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just... It's hard to find... The, yeah. It's hard to find where they are and what when they're on exactly the information is hard to, to kind of gauge isn't yeah it? so and, and this it was really hard at this point because uh, instagram had really only just started kicking off you know this mm. what 2015 2016 16, yeah. 17 like I, I was i was following hairdressers but nobody was really doing much and then I, it might have been i probably just found someone's cool haircut and been like oh what's that and it was like a it was like a competition haircut mm. and i'm like oh H by A, cool. Oh, hair expo, cool. I was like, right, I'm just going to see if the hair expo's got a, got a hair competition. And luckily enough, they did. They had yeah. the pop-up hair expo. Yeah. Uh, the pop-up hair expo. Was it at the beauty hair expo? Something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. No, it was at the beauty. And so, it was the hair and beauty expo in Melbourne, but there was yeah. a corner. And there was a, pop-up, was like a pop-up hair corner. And H by A were holding the hair competition. And I was like, right, I'm going to do what I always do. And I'm just going to enter all of the categories that I think I could go in. Mm-hmm. And so just turning up, it was, it was amazing. I, I could, ju- I, I should have known like the, just the energy of the day. I knew I was where I needed to be. I, I just walked in. I'm like, this is it. Like, this is where I need to be. I walk in, they, they show you to the, um, the little bit, the backstage bit where, oh, this is where you can get ready. Who's in there? Kobe Bokshish, like with all of his models. Yeah. Like he's got half of the room I've just got the other half <laughs> I've got like one or two models yeah. he's like prepping all this. I'm like this is where I need to be I, I am where I'm I'm home you know and this yeah, is where yeah, I need I'm to back. be I'm back and so I'm back you know and it, back to where I was it, in the UK when, when and I left it started to brew yeah. and then that fired me up and I went into so I was I entered the women's cut and color or the female cut and color competition one first place absolutely nailed it like I just let all the shit come out of my head, all the ideas come out of the, out of the box. And I was like, this, I'm going in hard. You know, I remembered all the stuff that I used to do at comps in the UK, smashed it, won it, come to the men's competition, 
didn't smash it and didn't win it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because little did I know there was a salon in, in Melbourne called Area Studio. And I had never even heard of these guys at this point. Um, I didn't even know who you guys were. Because again, that was how like closed off everything was. Instagram wasn't popping. And then I... Yeah, enter my men's comp. But, you know, I was trying to do all the men's spiral lines and do the taper and the faded out back. And I think about three or four of us did the same haircut. Yeah. But some people just did it better than others. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And there's a crazy story about that. Um, we went to this competition and I, I used to make YouTube videos back in the day. I used to make like vlogs, you know, try, try to be like this, you know, hair vlogger. And in the videos, I looked back and... So I don't know if anyone's ever seen or been to a hair comp before, but you get these square tables and you get these AA frame mirrors and you just get two people per table. And on the other side of the table was this guy. Me and Lee shared. Owen McCarthy. Me and Lee shared a table. We shared the table and this was like weird. A you, were weird full, you were full alpha elite then too, weren't you? I, I had an alpha elite t-shirt on. I remember. I think I was wearing that one earlier. That's the same yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> that's my loungewear now. That's, that's become a loungewear. I was like... I was like, who's the fitty? Like, yeah. <laughs> who's the fitness freak hey? sharing the table with me? You know? But um, but now look at me now. I know. You know? Look, look at I mean, look, just all the all the cool gear on. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually couldn't uh, care less about that. But no, I've got to fit in. Yeah, you know, yeah. when I'm around you, when I'm around Jordan, and I've got to fit in. You know, no, of course, I have course. to. <laughs> of course, but yeah, look, that's, I, I, that's I, a random story. I isn't actually it? don't care, but but it's that's. Really cool. Yeah, it's that's cool little, to think about that now. It's, it's little mad. synchronicities that, and and there's been a lot of those since that moment. There's been a lot of them synchronicities gone on, which is too scary. I don't to think even, we even spoke on that day, to be honest. I don't think we interacted no, at all. I think we just was like kind a of, bit of a. It was t- kind of just like a bit of a tip, tip of the, the hat, hat, like yeah, yeah like, all right, mate. And I, I actually think was your mum there for that? My mum was there. I remember that. I yeah. remember looking. And I, do you know? I actually thought about like, who brings her mum to a haircut? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, oh look at this. That's cute. I know, I know. She was over. It's, it's a good excuse, right? But no, looking back on it now, She's dude, a, there's she nothing. Visiting. She was visiting from. Uh, there's nothing I would want more than to have my parents there seeing me do a haircut. Yeah, I would yeah. love that now. Like, yeah, it's funny as fuck. But I did think that. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's so funny. Um, and I see, you know, I look over at you, your cut and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know. I kind of holding my own and then I look over and Jordan's done this crazy like arrow thing in the back of someone's head and Danny's doing some crazy stuff I think Yellow was there at that comp as well he was there yeah I think because yeah, he yeah. he's in some he of the did, pictures and the videos I don't know videos. if he caught but he was yeah, there he's definitely there and I see and you guys was there too. I think I'd recognise Danny from like some stuff online and you know He's an intimidating guy. I know he's quiet, but he's like intimidating in real life. You know, yeah. when you don't know him. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing him. I'm like, oh, it's that guy. You yeah. know, and then um. And he was our Ronaldo. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He'd be like, he was the. He was you the you go player. out. You you go. You go speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was, <laughs> you know? he was the the road captain. Um, so that started there, and so I won that thing, and then you you know you um got put on to the hair expo, the actual big international hair expo, which was in Sydney. You qualified for the um the finals which I did and I went to that but a funny story about Jordan he, he's gonna love I've told him this before but uh, the first ever time I remember seeing Jordan so we were all I seen him cut the hair obviously but he was quite far away from me so I didn't really like know much about him and so we were all waiting for the results and like you guys weren't around like none of you area boys are around like you Jordan Danny you were not there and I'm like oh maybe they've already know or maybe they just think they've not won 
and then every they call out all the all the winners. This this one, this one, this one, this, and uh, it was just me stood up, like packing up my gear. Everybody's left and packing up my gear, and you guys come back, and, and Jordan's like, he's got his hat down over his eyes, like, oh, how how do we do? And the lady's like, oh, you you came second, you've gone through to the final, and he went, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, who are these guys? This guy's brought his mum. This guy's just saying, oh shit, and he's got his hat over his face. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> I know. And I, I remember, and I like, actually remember taking, like, after, when we came back, I remember finishing off my haircut. I, yeah. I, oh, changed, yeah, I yeah. changed my you mom's did it again. Because I, I had, like, the, all these, like, lines put in it and stuff too. Yeah. So I just yeah. faded it out. But it was hilarious. So that was how I met you guys. And then, um, so that, yeah, so, so that, that lit the fire for me again. I was like, wow, this is great. And then, so we went to Hair Expo Sydney. Um, a lot of stuff happens going to that. I actually was going to enter the women's hair, uh, the cut and colour finals. That's what I was in. And I have a feeling like I would have won that one too. But everybody pulled out. It was just me. So they put me into the bob category. Open bob. Well, I didn't have a bob haircut prepared. Wow. So I just I, given I, you the trophy. <laughs> should, like, just, that would have been enough. There you go. So um, they, they were like, look, I was like, well, I'm coming up. I, I, I still want to compete. And they were like, well, if you want to do that, you're going to have to go into the Bob category because that's the only one we've got people in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was runner up. I came second. Um, it was a great haircut, but yeah, I came second. Um, so like, I wasn't mad with that, but it was all the other things that happened that day. Yeah, that was crazy. Crazy so, time, wasn't it? We we yeah. often like look. Obviously, this is why we can't get into the story in the introduction yeah. of the workshops because we'd be there forever. Yeah. Um. But this is why it's great to just put this. It's down great now. to put it on. A, <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing to be able to get into the open, depths, open ended, and, uh, and the intricacies of like what's got us to where we are now because we never get the opportunity to. No. You know, when have you probably told this story? Rarely. Ever? I mean, in this in the timeline that it's in, never. Never. Like no. I don't think anyone's ever heard this all the way through. No. So like, we we often speak in the classes about how Hair Expo 2017 was our kind of turning point. It was like a pivotal moment in both Another, of our careers. Just Another big for moment. me. I mean, I, it was the most inspiring. I am time. so glad. But that decision, see, it goes all the way back to that guy telling me I would never make it in a in a small in a regional town. Mm. You know, don't tell me that. Yeah. Because now you know I, I would never have done that for. I might not have done that first hair comp. And then I might not have met you guys at Hair Expo, and then it might not, none of this yeah, would have happened. We wouldn't you know? be here today. It's like I mean, obviously there's an element of luck in that, but yeah, it's yeah. a weird it's coincidence that mm. it's like the butterfly effect. Different people are in the same place at the same time. The butterfly effect. Yeah, and the butterfly effect, and then just boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah. And this absolutely. weird, the weird synchronicities that had to happen for all this to happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Fast forward, get to Hair Expo in Sydney. Um, I, I was modelling for Menspire, I think. Yeah, yeah. Men's Cut My Hair, um, involved in their shows and stuff. I, I thought was, you were just a videographer, like, for... for yeah, because I, well, I was vlogging. I was like, who's the guy videoing Men's yeah. Fire going around? I, 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 I could hear him it. saying it. I was like, don't pretend you don't know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's who it is. It's only the southwest of England. Yeah, you regional know, champion. Yeah, you know who it is. <laughs> Everybody does. Everyone knows these days. Nah, these. Nah. Um, it's a different story now. But, so... Yeah, so you were backstage, and I remember you. We were all, we were all just there, weren't we? And, and we yeah, were waiting to go well, we, like, planning the show. And and I saw Josh and Charlie. They were like friendly with you guys. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. So the year before, um, the year before, Josh and Charlie did their f- their Australian workshop 
in area studio. Uh, so when we met them, it was a year later. Um, I yeah. had done the men's player course in Ireland, and Josh had put me in touch with area uh, studio, and that's why we were there yeah. with them at, at that time. We we were yeah. just kind of because I, I, I was on a bit of a crusade that time. I really wanted to just go to everything that I could. Yeah, and I saw that men's player was going to your salon. And but I didn't know who Area was, you know. I was just like, oh, Area Studio, you know. That's why I didn't know who you guys were. Yeah. And then I saw that. Um, remember, Julius was there as well. Yeah, yeah. Julius. And I really wanted to go to that. It was like a Tuesday night or something. I yeah. couldn't go because I was working. Diego. Diego yeah, exactly. and I, I missed both of those things. I was devastated. So then when I saw you guys there together, I'm like, ah, oh, this is cool. We're all like linked. We're linked here, you know. Yeah, that's when it kind um, of. But you know, for you, like, if it wasn't for you, though, again, this is, I think we're different in this scenario. This is where one of our differences is, like, you are a bit more personable than I am. You will strike a conversation. I think you probably find it easier than me to strike a conversation. Mm. I I just might be a bit too critical in the way that I open it. Yeah. Maybe that's a confidence thing, too. I I don't really know. But, like, Like you... Like, when our workshop starts and, like, people come in and, like... I'm the one who yeah but I'm, I'm learning that from you and I, I know that that's a, a key skill mm. that I'm getting better at every single time yeah and I, I'm conscious about it now I always think about not not in a fake way I just think about how I'm gonna be yeah in that initial interaction mm-hmm. you know because first first impressions do count you know yeah, especially in the, not not when it comes to like aesthetic and They're things hard like to that change. I mean those They're hard to change yeah when, when it comes to connection th- those you know, welcoming connections when it comes to interaction is it can be paramount. And you, yeah. you did that to me. So I remember backstage, you were there and you were like, I was like, oh, we were like, oh, you're the guy for the competition. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we just started chatting a little bit. Oh, how you going? I was a bit busy, blah, blah, blah. You know, a little bit of small talk. And then um, I went off and did my comp and then we didn't see each other again until later that. We saw that, each other at the dinner maybe. Yeah, and then, we and then at, later. We were at the dinner, like the awards. Later on at the awards night, so the way to find out if you'd won your competition is you had to go to the awards. Mm. The was it the hair expo get like yeah. gala? You know, it's the yeah. first time I've been going to one of these galas, and I think who was it? Jordan and Danny were in the final, yeah. the barroom final, yeah. and so you guys well, like circle it. tables like this. You were on the table over from me, and and this is the different. This is how personable Owen is. Owen looks over. I I just went on my own because nobody wanted to go. Um, and I just went on my own. I was like, well, I want to f- find out if I've won, so I kind of got to go to this thing. Mm. And Owen was like, I think you are a bit pissed at the time already. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, hey, mate, um, are you on your own? I'm like, yeah. Just, uh, I'm like, the people were starting to join the table. You were like, ah, you can't sit on your own. Come and join us. And I was like, I was freaking out. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm all right <laughs> here, actually. <laughs> I've had enough, like, interact. You know, I've, I've met, you know, I'm, I'm meeting my heroes, like, all, you know, all this whole weekend. I'm like a bit overwhelmed with like uh, all the connections that I'm making, you know? And then I was like, well, look, I'm out here doing this pretty much on my own. Like, mm. you know, putting myself out there doing that. And anyway, so yeah, we ended up, that was a connection. And then that was cool. And then I think I started getting my haircut from you, didn't I? Yeah, the next so, thing, the next step was you came, started coming to the shop yeah. to get your haircut. Uh, we we were um, chatting online. Um, we kept contact after that. Then you come to the shop, get your haircut here and yeah. there. And then we were hiring and... We were looking for somebody, which is always difficult because we, you know, especially like early days, um, it was even more difficult than it is now. It's still difficult now. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah the boys were like, who are we going to hire? And I was like, we have to get Lee. Yeah. <laughs> and 
that was it like I think maybe you did you contact anybody or did like I contact you maybe so, yeah so that that's a really interesting one as well. that, that was like a again another pivotal moment it was it was black or white advice for myself so I remember coming to you to get a haircut that was my first ever good fade actually I remember I've been to a few Jeez. people before and they just yeah re- wrecked it up and I seen the ones you were doing and I'm like alright this guy this guy we gotta post that photo that's iconic maybe we that's an post iconic that photo, photo with the yeah yeah we yeah. can put it like in the definitely yeah maybe we can make it pop up on the screen here yeah just here yeah yeah that's the photo <laughs> that's the one um so I came to you for haircuts and we were chatting because there was more there were more competitions coming up wasn't there we were going to like Barber Connect we were doing yeah, all this stuff right. you yeah, know remember because no, we, we kept we, linking up at different and then events. we kept again we kept linking up I think it was Barber Connect when I seen your haircuts at Barber Connect like the, this is the time you did on your mate yeah, thing yeah 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 I was like fire yeah. I was like, we have to get a lead. Because I, I just knew, like, no. And Danny was the same. Danny at the time yeah. was look, looking at your stuff and being like, yeah, this yeah. is the guy. Like, but I, I was doing the same to you. Like, my, I knew my scissor work. I, I've, you know, I'd been doing it for what, bloody, God knows how many years by that point, eight, nine years at that point. I was like, well, I know I can do it. Like, these trims are not really that hard for me, you know? Yeah. And I knew that to, I'd, I'd bring that. But then I'd see you guys doing fades. I think Danny did some, like, backwards fade thing. And I'm like, how did you get that so clean? I just yeah. didn't really know. And then I looked over at you and you got all the gear and you got like the super and this. I'm like, ah, this is not good for me. Like, <laughs> this is just, you know, I just, you can, again, you can tell, you could just tell. Yeah. You know, you could just tell. I looked around everybody else in the room. I wasn't worried. Mm. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm not really worried, not really worried, not really worried, you know. There, all right, there were a couple of errors on my part. I was I was just trying to do too much in the time that I had. But even then, did you see the fade? that I, I did a reverse fade then. Mm. Yeah. Like ridiculous. Yeah, when I like, look, I didn't even know how to do them. I'm like, when you look at I'm trends, just gonna do it. Like, that, that's a really funny thing. It's like when you look at trends. Yeah. Like for us, when I look back at the competition work that we've done over the years, everything has been ahead of what we see online. Yeah. To a degree, like the mullets we were doing them years ago. Yep. Um, the reverse fades, the lines, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We've done it all. We've just done, been doing it all um, for a long time, yeah. and it's just that's the only time we get to really express ourselves properly. Is yep. when you had the freedom to I do it, it at I the comps it. but that, that's why all that stuff comes out people wonder where it comes from for me I've learned that my best stuff comes out when you, I just fully let go yeah under there's pressure. no client nobody says anything because all the doors in my mind just stay open yeah yeah the moment somebody starts putting their two cents on it I could just feel door one closes boom Boom, 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 until eventually they're all closed and You're I'm, I'm like I'm just yeah. blocked I've got that yeah. creative block you know yeah, um, so yeah we st- we kept meeting up uh, comps met at Barber Connect and then I think it was after that you mentioned I come and got another haircut and you were like have you ever thought about like coming to work here and I outright just pretty much said no because I, I was like oh, I would love to but I just said no because I knew my commitments to the other salon you know, I was working full time. Like, mm. I didn't know how the hell, how, how was I going to fit in more yeah, yeah. work? That you know? was the seed planted, wasn't it? Yeah, you planted the seed. And I and I remember chatting to you about your hours and you, you know, you do four days full time in the salon, get three days off and all this stuff. And I came home and I always used to say to Steph, I used to say, if there was anywhere I would work, that's the only place I would work. Yeah. I was, oh, you guys were just, it was just futuristic. You know, you were doing the haircuts that nobody else was doing. Let, let's, let's be honest, nobody was doing that in Australia to the kind of style that you were doing it. Um, it was forward thinking the aesthetic was unbelievable you know Aero Studio the original like aesthetic of the shop and the branding and everything it was yeah. it was unbelievable it was clean it was you know it was great I loved it mm-hmm. um, and I just said I, was, I always used to say Steph when I come home from haircut I was like that's the only place I would work yeah. and then again 
synchronicities or something went out into the universe and yeah. you said would you would you ever think about working here and I just said no I came home and Steph's, I, I said to her I was like you never guess what happened today I was like oh and brought her up in conversation about me working at the shop and she just went what are you gonna do I was like I just said no and she was like you can't turn this down <laughs> like she was like you've got to find a way to do this yeah. and then I was like hmm and I was like I just don't know and then I thought, wait a second, they work four days. Maybe if I condense my salon work into four, do what you do, do four 10-hour days, yeah, and then drive up to the city on... You just did one day a week at the beginning, was it? I started... No, I did two. Two, two days? Yeah. yeah so yeah, I used yeah. to do four days. I used to do my full-time hours of four days in the salon, Please and then cycle. I would drive to the city. I'd drive an hour to the city. Please cycle. And then I would work... When it comes to work. I would work another 11... Well. Yeah, I'd work 11 hours on a Friday, and then I'd do a full day on a Saturday and just take Sundays off. Um, and then until the point where I could um, transition fully and then I'd started to transition over the years so I did that for years you know mm. and I'd support you at you know all your hair shows that you would do I loved that though I never ever hated that mm. you know so again some people that's like getting back to the people don't want to be the apprentice you yeah. know I almost I, I almost and what, what, what people don't see right now is like we've both done our time like so I've done my time in the trenches learning from the yeah. boys and, and really just taking everything on board and so did you yeah. and there was a lot of learnings that we had to go through oh, man, and the, like, the new boys who started the shop now they only see us at the level we're at now yeah. they haven't seen yeah. us go through the whole process and and it's it's hard sometimes you know they'll, they'll ask different at different times Lee oh what's the answer oh what's this I'm like look honestly it's time It's and that's one of the hardest things to hear consistency it's consistency and time Good practice and time. Like, look, you're around, you're in the right environment. You will become a product of your environment. Subconscious. <laughs> Subliminal messaging. You, <laughs> you will become You will become a product of your environment. You're in the right place, so don't worry about that. Your eyes are adjusting to what you need to see. You're around the right information all the time. I'm telling you the things. Owen's telling you the things. Now, it's time. Yeah. They look at us and they think we got here overnight. Mm-hmm. It's been like what sixteen years yeah. it's taken me to get to well, this, this point. Well, this is the thing, right? Know? Like every every moment in the story that you've told so far has been important. Yep. To to get us to where we're at right exactly. now. Exactly, and so you know that's why I, now you know because pe- clients used to say it to me. Oh, what do you teach? And I used to work with a with a lady that um, she became a TAFE teacher. Mm-hmm. She was a hairdresser for like twenty three years and then stopped to become a TAFE teacher. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Oh, you should teach. Oh, you should teach. You'd be great at it." And then this was about ten years into my career, and I just I always just said no because I always I used to think about it and I said, "Yeah, I'd like to be able to share my knowledge," but I wanted to feel a level of establishment before I did it. Yeah, you know, I wanted to get to a point where I was like established enough. So I then what happened then? So we then went. I used to support you at a lot of your shows. You know, I, I would come up into area, do my days at the work. Bit, again, building, 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 building my clientele, building my skill set. Because like I had the scissor work down, but yeah. one of the things that scared the living daylights out of me was trying to keep up with you guys on the fading side of things. I mean, you guys were just hands down, but. This is where Jordan, this is where I really appreciate some of the, some of the initial things that Jordan used to say to me at the shop was brilliant for my mindset. He used to say to me, don't worry about the fading. He was like, I don't, he was like, I don't even care. He was like, right now we're looking for scissor work. I'm like, well, I'm your man. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah. what do you need to know? I'm, I'm your man. You know, we always wanted to add the different and elements. He, he to said the to me, it was like, it was like, bro, don't even worry. I can, I can teach you the fading. And it was music to my ears. Yeah. Music to my ears, instead of having that expectation of like, oh, what can you do then? Why aren't you like that? It was just like, don't worry, 
I could teach you the fading. Yeah. And I knew in my mind, I knew how to learn. I knew how to practice. Mm. Like I said on the last podcast, it's not enough just to know the knowledge or get the knowledge. You have to know how to learn. And I spent my whole career focusing on how to learn, focusing on the little details, the technique, the process, you know, and that's mm-hmm. how it got there. So that was music to my ears there. And then the other thing was, I always used to say this thing. I think Danny said it to me as well. Jordan said it and Danny said it. Danny was cutting my hair one time and I was like, man, I'm just so lucky to be here. Like, I, I just feel so lucky to be here. And he went, why? <laughs> you know, you know Danny's like, he was like, why, why do you feel lucky? And I was like, well, you guys are like amazing. I'm like, I was like, this is the best of the, like, this is where everybody come, would want to come to. And he was like, don't be like that. He was like, you're good at, you're great at what you do. Yeah. Uh, and that's so good. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I try and say to the boys. I'm like, look, it's a time thing. You have the knowledge. It's just be patient put the time in the trenches you're in yeah. the right environment you're around the right people you will be fine yeah and then when the time is right when the time is right you step into the role don't when the time is right exactly. you step into it Enjoy. and another thing we talk about this that's why I never delete a single Instagram post unless it like goes against some guidelines or something never delete it enjoy where you are at enjoy this process enjoy the moment because else I would never have a story like this to share if I never did it. Mm. If I just skipped right to the finish line, yeah. we don't have this, you yeah, know? No. And we don't have credibility on what nah. we built, you nah. know? Nah. 100%. Um, so, yeah, back in the trenches there. Eventually, I transitioned into working more and more and more at area. I uh, became permanent residence, and then I was free to do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Switched up full-time at area. Um, but then you stepped into it, like, you went from, you know being probably less comfortable in the beginning doing your men's cuts and from my point of view and my in my eyes um and struggling a bit more with the fading stuff and then you started stepping into it and you you're learning quick and then boom you yeah. became i think i think that was the thing it was it was you started making your own way within the brand too yeah. and then you started like okay i'm gonna go to this competition and i'm gonna go to this competition by myself even if we weren't going yeah and you went and you added your name to the board of, yeah. of the trophies like, exactly you know like you yeah you did all that stuff. That was my... See, see, this is the funny thing as well. And a lot of people won't do this. This is where you have to have humility and take your ego out of it. I, you know, I've got to be honest. At the start, nobody knows where that's going to go. I could have got fired in the first month. You know, mm. you don't know. And I could have turned around in the first month and been like, this is just too much. I was working a lot. And there could be easily times where I threw in the towel, you know? Yeah. And those... So, because I wasn't there a lot, and and to feel like you're an integral part of the team is hard when you're not there a lot, you mm-hmm. know. But just that contribution to put again etching my name on the wall and being like, yeah. this is my contribution to the team and the growth. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of like humility, you know. Just like, yep, yeah, there you go, you know. And I remember um, for us, like one really, because like, I, I guess when I say us, like me, Danny, and Jordan were the kind of key, um, the first kind of members of the of yeah, the team. yeah. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. And I remember going to HPIA in 2018. I think it was 18. Was it 18 or 19? And we were all certain that Lee was going to win. Like, <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. We were like, no, nah, Lee's, Lee's done the, the work. Like, you could see that it was another but what, level what, of effort. What a year of transformation. Like, that That was all I needed. All I needed was to learn... It was one fade, year. It was literally fade, one year. It probably, and yeah. that was it. Like, all I needed was done. to learn the fading off you guys. I had all the creativity. I had all the ideas. I just needed that little bit of icing on the cake. And once I got it, Mm. and that conviction that I had it that was it I went in all guns blazing and that shit now if, if I did some of those haircuts that they were ahead of their curve 100% like wait that transformation that I did that guy went from like Jesus hair to this like mod 
thing. I just don't understand how he didn't win. I Nobody. Danny won. That. Danny won. Danny won it. But he, he was, was devastated. He was disappointed. <laughs> he was devastated. He was even disappointed that you didn't win. He was like, I remember. He was he, like, he you've was been like, robbed. He was like, that's like, your. Nah. He was like, you've been robbed. But that that haircut to do that that fast. Nobody was doing that at that time. Nobody. Nah. I had the taper. I had the scar lines. I had was, the layering. I had the length. I had the color. It was ridiculous. I had the fringe and like. And Danny actually afterwards he went, whoa, look at that guy. That guy, that guy's sick. That's winning. I'm like, that's my model. He went, get out of here. He's like, that's your guy. Because he went in with like shoulder like fair. He come out with this cool textured like long mod thing. Yeah. And I was like, that's my guy. He was like, oh shit. <laughs> you know, like. And you know what's, but, what is really interesting about that as well? Like for, like that year in particular, I I didn't win anything. I think you uh, placed in one. I placed in, in the one. classic. Yeah. Ridiculous, by the way. Should have fucking placed in all of them. I didn't win anything either, um, which is great. Like, it shows our mentality to keep but we on still going, took away. To keep persisting. You take the lessons. But we took I was away so small salon. Though. Yeah, we did. We did win small salon. Yeah, and I was just so happy with that. But, but that was nice to me. For me, like that felt like a contribution. Yeah, you know, I was because I didn't want to let you guys down either. I'm like, right, well they've given me an opportunity here and like uh, but then you really feel part of the team right yeah and that, that's when I felt like I, I guess it started then really started to feel part of the team you know and, and, and to get you guys recognition for, for you and like Danny to turn around and just be like oh shit it's it's over you know yeah. <laughs> I mean, like because there's a video I've, I've got it on an old phone somewhere like I'm filming or you're filming me taking a photo yeah. and it's like ah chicken dinner for Lee tonight or something yeah, like that you yeah, know there's, there's you saying it in the background yeah, like, yeah. and I, I just I love it but that that's a collection on its own right there I could have made a little collection out of those three guys, you know? Yeah. Classic, futuristic, and then some weird creative All of our trims at them comps, bro, they were all like, they were, they were all really nice. Yeah. They were really We've nice. We've seen some really a lot cool of shit. They were very ahead of yeah, their time yeah, at, that, yeah, yeah, at that particular yeah. point. Um, but yeah, from there, like, I guess, you just start, started transitioning into the shop hours more yeah. full time towards us. And, and then, then I was still, I was still, still doing the competitions, even when we didn't, you yeah, were Yeah, so, so one year there, was it 2018, 2019, I I was starting to build some traction. I feel like I had a point to prove. I felt like I had all the tools that I needed to just do some damage, basically. Yeah, yeah. And that again, that might sound champ, e- champ, yeah. <laughs> that might sound egotistical, but like, look, I just I really wanted to push it. And I was getting to a point in my career. I'm like, well, it's now or never. You know, you're not relevant forever, and you don't have a skill set no. forever. At a certain point in time, that just doesn't happen forever. Yeah, I think that's what keeps us going. To be honest, that particular point yeah like, like not knowing that like it could be up it could be all gone could tomorrow be over tomorrow like like so this is what going. people don't understand i know that tomorrow this could be gone mm. i don't want that to happen it's like a I, fear. and like i don't fear. want it to happen and yeah. that is the competitive streak in me and the judgmental thing on myself we know that we need to keep elevating this and reinventing it every single day mm-hmm. to keep it going yeah. It's not by luck and it's not by chance. No, no. <laughs> well, it, oh, there's a fraction of it in there. Day in, day out, there's there's just that never-ending effort. But I had a point to prove over like 2018, 2019 season. I feel like I had a point to prove. Um, I, I was seasons. Season, yeah. See, well, it, well, I almost look at it. It was like yeah, it was, a, a competitive was. season. You know, Absolutely. Maybe that's like from bodybuilding. They call it like seasons. But um, I look at that and I think, right, I'm, I just really want to make a mark here. And I, I was turning up to all kinds of stuff. And there was... I turned up to the Brisbane Hair and Beauty Expo on my own. Mm. Oh, I had a couple of you know people come with me, but there was just you know like family people, um, a couple of friends, you know. And then yeah, I turned up to that on my own. Didn't do anything, but I didn't care. I knew I could do it. I knew I could. That that one I didn't win there. It was just poor choice of model. Um, I just didn't really have great sorts of models then. 
Yeah. Um, but did that, didn't win. And then the next big one, I went to the Barber Expo, the Barber Brands Barber Expo, and I went there on my own. And I applied to it for the Barber, Barber of the Year competition, got through as a finalist. So initially there was like an online application. They, you had to submit photos and why you want to do it, why you think you should be allowed to do it, all that stuff. I got through. This is where it gets crazy. So I, this is where I'm grateful for the regional salon as well. So one of my clients, I was talking to her about it and I was like, I'm going to Brisbane. I was like, God, I've got to find models. Like, and then if I get through the final, I've got to find another one. And she was like, oh, my cousin's boyfriend is kind of cool. He's got, he gets cool haircuts. Like maybe I could ask him. And she was like, yeah, I just texted him and he said, yeah, be up for it. So I added him on Instagram. We were chatting, never seen this guy's hair. He just sort of sent me like a couple of pictures, turned up. And I remember like something that I learned from HYA, it was about the full fit, you know, but from head to toe. So I'd got him like the, the tracksuit and I'd got the feet, the when feeler was coming mm. big, I got him the whole tracksuit, the cool shoes. I, I took all this stuff with me. I dressed him, did his hair, bang. Won my first heat, highest points in the heat. I'm like, sick, this is cool. And I looked around, gauge what everybody was doing and I'm like, nobody's doing this work everybody's mm-hmm. just doing fades they're playing it safe you know you had 30 minutes to do this competition yeah. and I was banging out all, all kinds of crazy stuff and then um, and then two scissors came back early yeah, oh, cha, cha, cha. but um, I'd only got one model that was for the heat you had to go so find I, someone didn't you I had to go find somebody yeah. so I'm, I'm pacing around pacing around in this place I'm like and the other thing is I did actually didn't know if I got through to the finals they forgot to tell me so there was like, because it was so busy, there was one girl who was doing, tallying up all the points and she, there was like a group message and she forgot to send it. And I went up to her and I'm like, well, we've got like 45 minutes to go. Am I in the final? And she's like, oh yeah, did I not tell you? I'm like, no, you didn't. And she was like, really? I was like, no message. And she went, oh, I'm so sorry. You got through. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. So I just went upstairs in this uh, venue and I saw this guy he had a hat on and he had these little blonde curls hanging out underneath his hat. And I'm like, that's my guy. I'm like, that's going to be cool. I just went straight up to him. Excuse me, can you take your hat off? And he was like, what the hell? So he took his hat off. I'm like, perfect. It was all dark underneath. It was all blonde and curly on top, like bleached. A little bit of regrowth. I'm like, this is it. This is the one. This is the trim. This is the one. And then uh, I was like, look, I've just got through to the finals. Um, can I cut your hair? And he was like, yeah, great. I knew nothing about this guy. Never cut his hair before, but against the conviction, trusting your techniques. I knew I had the capability to do it. I knew that I could cut anybody's hair in that place and make it look nice, you know? And then, so we got down there and uh, yeah, I was chatting to him afterwards. Turns out he's a hairdresser. So that was even better. He, he knew what was involved. That's probably why he was so... You know, okay to do it and then banged out this trim that I've never ever done before pulled, pulled influences from all over the place yeah. and and I, I was just thinking right let's do something that nobody here is going to do show off the scissor work show off the fade work show off the details put in a little line you know creativity yeah. all this stuff ended up winning the yeah the 2019 um, Barber Expo Barber of the Year first place which was unbelievable yeah. took the trophy had a quick beer jumped on the plane went straight back to Melbourne went home like nothing ever happened yeah literally literally <laughs> and I uh, came back to work and I was like yeah I won literally because I remember that I remember that time too and Lee just came back into the salon and was like yeah yeah I've just been to Brisbane at the weekend and just won Barber of the Year it's like <laughs> cool cool <laughs> oh, I got smashed on the weekend <laughs> add it to the add it to the list you know add it yeah, to the, yeah, add yeah. To the yep. things uh, the plaque on the wall I guess yeah Um. so yeah from there yeah I guess we went kind of into lockdown didn't we 
almost. It was that, kind of, yeah, then, then the... What you was couldn't it? really capitalise on it too much. No, it was like, then it all kind of slowed down from there. So, did we do any hair shows after that? I think we might have done one. Oh, no, 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 we did. We're oh, we did, yeah, 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 yeah. So, we went to... Hair Expo again. We went to Hair Expo, yeah, Hair Expo back came to, up after that. Back to where we first uh, yeah. kind of... It's, it's, it's a really special place, isn't it? It's just, it's so sad that it's gone. Mm. You know, it holds like, you know, it's yeah. a lot of value and, yeah. a, and a big part of our career. But anyway... That's what makes the story and the legacy, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is where this is where Area yeah. Academy was kind of born, so, and we put up a post yeah. about this yeah. recently, and it was like the start of the journey, wasn't it? Yeah, really? it's not it's not an overnight success, basically. That that was the gist of the story. Yeah. So, 2017. Um, again, this is what this is the power of being in the trenches. Don't be afraid to be the guy stood on the sidelines. You know, I was the guy stood on the sidelines watching Owen do his work. But what did I get out of that? I was winning these competitions, putting my work out online. People had a little idea of who I am, but you turn up to these things, keep turning up, keep turning up, keep turning up. Eventually, your time comes. Mm-hmm. And it's such valuable, uh, such valuable words of advice, basically. Owen was doing some live stuff with Andis on the stage, um, and the manager at the time was like, oh, uh, you know, we're looking for, potentially looking for new educators. Um, do you want to have a crack? Mm. And I was like, whoa, you know, they easily could have said no, because that mm. still scared me at that time. Yeah, uh, Easily could have said no. And I, I just thought back to all those moments in my life and I looked around me and I saw the people around me and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. Again, I, I need, you need to switch that conviction. Like I have the skills to do this. Yeah, Did a haircut with Owen uh, on the stage. And I think that was a really good thing. Owen kind of made it happen where we went on stage together that really like, help with the comfortability things side yeah. of things and um yeah and i was, think from there like we kind of had a, a pretty good flow to the session you know like straight away we yeah. had a good kind of connection like people um, said to me after they were like it's like we've been doing it for how a did while. you do that and i'm like i don't really know the blinkers went on and i just i'd heard you do it so many times and i was just kind of in and out of like when you had a quiet moment i would kind of go in and i think the year before i did i actually cut your hair yeah on stage as a model it was like you were the, yeah it was the year before yeah it was the year before so and you're around that enough you're, you're kind of absorbing it and you're listening that's to it. the like thing same, that's what same people thing don't understand like, same thing for me like i've been around it um i absorbed it and i applied it straight yeah. away you know but that's what the great thing about you know with, with the academy now with the with the network platform and even in our in-house sessions offering sort of mentorship programs mm. and shadowing sessions you know they are invaluable yeah you can't put a price on that stuff they're probably going to be priced at a high point because our time is valuable right now but yeah. that stuff is invaluable and I, I was just lucky to get a lot of that for free mm. Mm. out of just putting myself in those situations so don't ever be afraid to be that person the guy on the sidelines because your time will come yeah. again it's about a product of your environment i became a product of but then that it's environment. like when that time does come yep how you react to that and how yeah. you yeah how you take the opportunities so pivotal. yeah i could have easily said no yeah and there was a there and was a there what? was a moment where i was like oh i'm scared we, wouldn't, we probably we might not even be here today no. because area look i had the idea to turn area into an academy from that very first hair and beauty expo. I remember my, when my mom was here, I was like, yeah. I want to do the education thing. Well, your your um, education kind of career was really going really strong. You know, there was no really need, you know. No, I could have continued. I could have continued just individually. Yeah. My, yeah. my own personal brand was kind of yeah. doing all right. Like, 
Um, yeah. I did my own show at Hair Expo yeah, under my own personal brand. And just seeing all that, that's inspirational to me. You know, I, I, I have enough humility to like let go of like, all right, you might, we spoke about this last time, but short amount of time in the career, all that stuff, you know, in the industry, but that doesn't matter. That's inspirational to me. I'm like, yeah. this guy can do it. I need to step into this mm. now. You know, yeah, I've been yeah. putting off for years and years. People have been saying to me, you should do it. You should do it. Mm. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, well, when am I going to do it? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was about establishing a structure like where it's yeah. like, all right, let's do it. Like I know, I knew like it's, some, it's something cliche and cringe, right? You can say it, but it's like, if you want to go, what is it? Like, if you want to go far, you go together. If you if you want to yeah. go quick, you go, go alone. Along. Type yeah. Of thing. Um, oh, things are always better shared. Yeah, you exactly. Know, and like, and I, was, I always wanted to share it with the team. That was like my initial, my initial kind of vision was yeah. to kind of look at Australia and be like, I took yeah. inspiration from Mentor and, and what they did, did. And I was like, okay, let's fucking yeah. do it. Like, but I was being held back and being held back. And now, look, at a certain point, that holding me back did help. Yeah. But then eventually it just was like, you got to break the shackles and just do it, you know, yeah. take that yeah. straight jacket off. Let's go. Amazing. Let's step into it and let's get a team together. And like, I was like, there's no better person to do it with than yeah. Lee. Um, um, so but, where, where did it go from there? Yeah. Once we, you know, cause we spent a few months putting the planning in, you know, design, mm. you know, getting the, it was a thought for a long time thought. And then we were talking about it and then we were like, right, when are we going to do it? Let's set a date. And then yeah, 2020 was all, obviously all the COVID stuff happened. So yeah, we were stuck on, we were stuck online. We missed our first opportunity. We, I think mid year we were meant to have our first classes yeah. and we had pushed them all the way out to like, ended up being September, October, but we managed to get in on the, uh, the, um, the craft lookbook that's that was yeah. a real goal of mine uh, i i loved that show it's so unique dre dre hair in uh, i think he lived in la at the time still might but he put on you know what i see as one of the better hair shows i've ever seen it was such a cool concept it was like half rave half hair show it was yeah. amazing and i was like i said to owen i was like we should so just try and go there one year and just try and be there even if we are there, not educating, mm. next year we will be, you know? And then lockdown happened. He announced online that the show wasn't happening. It was going to be an online show. I mean, me and Owen were like, let's just contact him. Look book on lockdown. Look book on lockdown. And that was, that. that's what really, like, I thought, this is it. Like, we, we can do this. Yeah. We're getting a recognition overseas with people that don't even know us. Like, But even in, the, like, the progression from where you were at from there to where you're at now, even like for me to see it like in terms of educating and teaching yeah. is just like yeah it's like you've gone like you were here already and then it was just like yeah again, like but you know what you know what i mean you you'll know probably what i'm gonna about to say but that we had a conversation about it and this is how i enjoy how open we can be with each other it's like you said to me that we have a responsibility now in this industry and it was almost like, you know, when I started an area when like Jordan would say to me, you know, you are good at what you do. Trust that and go with it, you know. And, and you said the same thing to me, like we were having a competition, uh, sorry, a, a conversation. And you were like, right, well, we've got we've got an obligation and a responsibility now in this industry. And I don't know what came over me. It was like overnight I changed. Yeah. I just needed to hear. It was like that step into the role. I, I, thing, I right? just like, needed to hear that that was you are capable and this is what you you know you can do now mm. go with it and and that was it i think since that conversation like there's been a whole new confidence about yeah. the way i do things mm-hmm. um and just trusting what i know and it hasn't failed me yet product of your know? environment too yeah it's like being around me. each other and sharing our mindset with each yeah. other that's why we wanted to start this podcast as well um just to be able to share 
our stories and our experiences with people and like you know Lee's story is absolutely (laughs) it's a long one (laughs) but it's so inspiring but that's what people don't see and I feel like that's the thing we're coming towards like the end of it now and it's kind of up to this present moment and I have a question for you at the end but it's just so much work in the trenches like building it and building it and building it and there's a reason why you're here today and why you're doing what you're doing today but look, Um, look, look at this as well though like this is a funny thing where like social media and the internet doesn't do us favors sometimes because most people only ever see your career from the moment you started Instagram. Mm-hmm. I was cutting hair a long time before Instagram came about. Yeah. So most people are like, oh, well, that's that's the trajectory of your career. Oh, no, 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 no. There was like there's stuff that there's stuff that's not even on stuff, camera. There's stuff that's not even you know? on the internet that yeah. I was doing for many, 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 many years. You know, and it's like. Uh, that's cool I love having that behind me and yeah. and now I think you helped to bring that out in me to to trust it and go with it and enjoy it and just yeah own it that's yeah. that's me that's my journey that's my story yeah. uh, and it's it, like I said at the start the cool thing about these uh, conversations about your story is there's value so much value in it you know mm-hmm. I don't want to just be talking about myself all the time but there's value in it yeah and I think being a beacon for other people you know, someone, some, another really a client said this to me one time. You know, I, I was probably having a bit of a crisis with my personality and didn't really know. Like, I was probably coming to a bit of a point where I was like, "Oh, I'm finding it hard to deal with people." And you know, just working out what my energy was about and how I was as a person and who I who I've been up until a certain point. And they were like, and I was like, "Do I just change myself or fit a mold?" And they were like, "Don't ever change yourself. No. Don't ever stop being a beacon because." Mm-hmm. If you don't have that on, how do you expect the other people to be able to see you who do resonate with it? And that was very powerful. And that's kind of where I'm at now. It's like, mm. I'm just going to shine that light and whoever likes it, likes it. They'll come along and they're my people, you know, or there are people, you yeah. know. 100%. Um, and, and, and that's, yeah, that's basically it. And, and now I've got the, my whole journey behind me to back that up. And, and in some ways it feels like it's only just starting. 100%. It's almost like had a bit of a rebirth in the last year. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. wow, like that's what the first 15 years did for me. Yeah, and what about the next? Because that, that story that I just told basically about my whole career, you could almost break it up into like five-year gaps. First five years, next five years, then that pivotal moment we met and then it's now this, this mm-hmm. five years, you know. And then, man, what are the next 10 or 15 going to break? Well, that's the question like, I was going to ask. Like, wow. Know, I guess this is a good because look, we kind of explained as to how the network came about last time. This is the the question to really wrap it up today, you know? Yeah. Um, what do you think the next 15 holds? World domination. <laughs> <laughs> Presidency no. of Australia. Yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon? That's be? a good idea. Do you I could become a minister or something? Like health minister? Or minister for I could do a good job. Minister for hair health. <laughs> No, look. But what, um, what, do you, I, what do you see coming next? What do you What do you want? Right, to I, I I think I like this because this is brings a lot of clarity into behind everything that I do. I want to be. I I don't like when people say I just want to be the best version of myself. Yet even the best version of yourself might still might not be a good one. Mm-hmm. Do you find like you 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 can? <laughs> to, to, to bed's that bad you are to start with. But like, if the best version of that person doesn't always mean it's good. So. I'm constantly reassessing who I am and why I am that way. And I'm just trying to develop a moral code inside my head that keeps me being a better person. Mm-hmm. For me, just to say, oh, I want to be the best version of myself, well, that doesn't doesn't mean I'm always helping, you know? It might not yeah. be great. 
So I'm just trying to build up that framework inside of my mind always daily, consistently. I just want to be a better person for the world. I don't, you know, be a better person for myself and everybody around me. And that takes like a particular like kind of moral makeup. Um, so that's what I'm always working on. And so uh, yeah, so to just developing that moral code for myself, um, I think it's really important. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of like hair, you know, wh where the journey goes from here, I really want to like help people with all the sort of those pivotal moments that I've had in my career and all the sort of mistakes. I mean, th this hasn't all been good. You mm -hmm. know, there's been a lot of mistakes made in there. And that's why I always say at our classes, you know, again, never being afraid to be that person on the sidelines because people like us can help cut your learning curve massively. Yeah, It's like Warren Buffett always says, you know, you can make mistakes, but the mistakes don't always have to be yours. Mm -hmm. And that's where mentors come in. Pick somebody who's been in the game a long time and made a lot of mistakes. And I'm that person, you know. Yeah. It's not all been good and mm -hmm. it's not all been, you know, linear. Yeah. Um, but but that's where we can, I can really help and we mm -hmm. can both really help yeah. someone's uh, career trajectory and just the way they develop as a human. Um, and yeah, I, I love, like, I'm really big into like holistic health as well. So I would love to bring that into what we do in here. And we are already doing it in our academy. Um, look out on the network. We're going to have a lot of holistic stuff in there, you know, sort of mindset stuff, um, ways to like amplify brain performance and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. We're, there's going to be a lot of that coming. So mm -hmm. I just really want to encapsulate that Um in myself and bring that to the industry because mm. I think this industry is amazing but there are certain things that if we let go undone it's not going to be amazing anymore and it really can be like if we if we change a few things just around like help to guide things around mindset and just the way we think about a few things this career this industry is unbelievable yeah you know from an artistic standpoint from a creativity standpoint from a connection standpoint to being a human, to being just allowing yourself to do and be who you want to be, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I just there's a couple of things that I really feel like we just need to have a little nudge yeah. in a different direction. Um, and then once we do that, man, my, my job is done. Like it, it can just flourish, you know. It could just. But then you know that's the legacy, and then the next generation could come along and they can do their bit. Exactly. But I exactly. think, like we always say in a in a in a class. We have to leave this industry in a better place than we found it. And that's one of the whole reasons why we started, really felt like we were called to do this education. You know, mm -hmm. there was a, there's a hole in the industry yeah. and we've got to fill it. If we don't, we are just part of that problem. Um, who else is going to do it? Who, and, and who else is going to do it exactly? Because you could sit waiting, 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 but you know, you've got to take the leap but eventually. That kind of comes from the humidity within your journey as well. Like, I feel like, you know, there's a certain humility to, I guess, being from the UK or being from Ireland, where yep. you think, oh, well, I'm not the person to do that because well, that's, that's what everybody conditioned to do. It. But like sometimes you just are the person to do it. You know? That's what everybody tells you. Yeah. You know, and and it's sometimes seeing the blueprint. Sometimes question the blueprint. Sometimes it takes coming to somewhere like Australia, leaving everybody behind, leave your parents behind. I'm not saying that's a good thing like in terms of like connection because I love my parents to pieces I wish they were here all the time but there are certain things that 
you need to just get away from. You need to build your own framework and retrain yourself to be like, I am the person. I can be the person, you know? Because if you stay in those loops, you'll never get out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you need to leave like your social circles behind sometimes just to put yourself in a new environment and just be like, this is who I am now. Mm-hmm. And it's all that stuff is an accumulation, you know, hearing certain things from certain people, just being like, okay, you can do this. and yeah. Be the change you want to see. Oh, I love that I saying, that's man. a perfect quote to like yeah. finish off the conversation. To end it, close it out there. Um, yeah. It's been very inspiring for me to hear your story again. I've heard a lot of it, but there's definitely some details in there that yeah. I didn't know. And I like, can't wait to hear yours, like yeah, the details. There's probably some yeah. details in mine too that like, you you won't know so yeah um thank you for sharing it with no me and with the listeners of the network yeah um before we wrap up it would be nice to just give a little shout out to the partners of the podcast so jack reed foundation tapped by hatch and cbd culture um thank you for listening today stay tuned for another episode very very shortly episode three will be my story um so thank you for sharing your story lee and thanks for listening mate yeah you got one anything else you want to say before we um yeah just just keep an eye on uh, all the social platforms keep an eye on the instagram keep an eye on the mailing list and the facebook page um you're going to get all the leaks and details that everything that we're up to exclusive deals early access to certain things so uh yeah keep your eyes peeled and we'll see you soon ciao